What's happening, weirdos? This is uh, Taylor Tomlinson, who is incredible and hilarious. I actually think we should play some of her stand-up. At the end of this intro, let's play a little bit of her stand-up uh, to give you a flavor. Because I didn't really know much else other than her stand-up before this conversation. Um, but it was incredible. I was blown away, and we talk a lot about it. And we have very similar upbringings, and that, is, as you know, is always really, really fun for me. So uh, we'll, we'll play a little bit of her Conan set at the end of this intro here. A couple things to plug, not much. Um, April 25th is my next Living at Largo. And May 23rd, I'm doing a live show at Largo, me and Rob Bell, in conversation, uh, talking about Comedy Sex God, my book. So it's called Comedy Sex God, live in conversation with Rob Bell. Um, that's on May 23rd. For tickets to either of those, if you're going to be in the L.A. area, go to L- uh, Largo-LA.com. Hope you can come. Uh, and I believe the, the ticket um, for the book show includes a book. So that'll be fun. A signed book. Or I'll sign them afterwards. There'll be some signing if you want to come and get a book signed. And if you're not going to be in the L.A. area, as I've been mentioning, um, it would mean so much if you guys would pre-order uh, my book, Comedy, Sex, God. Obviously, the name of the book are the three topics that we traditionally cover on this podcast. So I like to think of the book as, as an extension of this uh, show. Um, but there's stuff in the book that I've never shared on the podcast, which wasn't easy to do. I had to dig deep. Uh, but it's in there. It was sort of, um, some of it was more appropriate for the print. And then some of it will obviously be familiar because if you listen to this, you, you know me pretty well. Um, but it, it's something I'm very, very proud of. And if you want, go to Amazon or go to harperwave.com slash Pete Holmes and pre, uh, pre-order it. Or it'll be out May 14th uh, and you can buy it and have it. Um, that's it. That's it. Uh, Largo Shows and the book. And I do want to give a shout out to our Pete's Picks this week. Kachava, which I just had for dinner. Kachava is a, uh, you guys know this by now, Kachava. Kachava, Pete's Picks are products that I actually use every single day, or at least almost every single day, that have made my life better. They're, they're honest, I'm being honest, honest. They're not uh, just random products that uh, I sponsor. Um, they're real things that I use and love. It went like this, I found something, I loved it. I reached out to the company to see if they'd give a promo code for you guys. And Kachavo uh, obliged, and I'm so glad they did because I want you guys to try it. It is a plant-based superfood drink mix uh, born in the jungle on a trip that these guys went on to find the most exotic, nutrient-rich superfoods uh, revered by tribal uh, cultures for centuries, by tribal centuries for cultures. Um, It's basically a meal in a pill. Keeps you full for hours and hours. It tastes great. It's 100% plant-based. It's got uh, omega-3s from chia and flax seeds. It's got eight superfruits. It's got 17 greens and veggies. It's gluten-free, soy-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and preservatives. It's got digestive support built right in. 24 grams of plant-based protein, 9 grams of fiber. But here's the best part. It's actually delicious. It's got coconut milk in it, so it's creamy. It's got coconut nectar in it, so it's just the right amount of sweet. I like making it with just water when I'm on the road or in a pinch and need a meal that's nutritious and delicious uh, in, a, in, in a matter of minutes, minute, in a matter of minute. Sometimes I make it with almond uh, milk and strawberries. It comes out tasting like strawberry ice cream, chocolate strawberry ice cream. But the best part is it makes me feel amazing. There's got raw cacao in there. 
It's got maca root, which is wonderful for energy and uh, has other benefits. If you want to Google maca root, M-A-C-A root benefits, that's that's worth uh, getting some gachava just for that. Um, it's incredible. I got it to add to my smoothies, but turns out it is a smoothie. Just a, two scoops of it. I get the chocolate and the vanilla. I like to make one that tastes like an Oreo. Just in water, shake it up. Boom, meal replacement. Wonderful. In a, in a, in a pill, but it's in a smoothie. You get 20% off. Uh, go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird for 20% off, and you'll show your support of this podcast. The other one, the original, my first and true love of the Beats Picks is Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil, it's hard to describe, which is why I always tell people to just try it. Um, and we have a promo code for you to give it a try. It's hemp oil, which means it's made from the hemp plant, uh, but it is legal in all 50 states because it's not an intoxicant. It doesn't get you stoned like smoking or eating pot does uh, because they use science, science, to remove the THC and leave, that was a scary voice. It was supposed to be Batman. To leave this body and brain beneficial CBD. Google CBD. Now you could get other types of uh, CBD, obviously. CBD is very popular right now. But the Stanley Brothers is a reputable and unbelievable company. They did an episode of this podcast. It's the only hemp grown in this country for human consumption. So yes, you can get other hemp oils, but you don't know their purity, you don't know their quality, and you don't know the intent the plant was grown with. This is made for human consumption. It's not this pile is going to be ropes and this pile is going to be uh, eaten by humans. Um, It's all for human consumption. It's food grade and wonderfully handled. They made it to help a young girl named Charlotte with seizures, and CBD was the only thing that helped her. For me personally, it helps me with anxiety and stress. Has a wonderful, hi guys, has a wonderful mood elevating. Hi, baby Lee. Oh my God, you have a mood elevating quality. Are you going to say anything? Oh my. Oh, I know. I'll tell Baby Lee about CBD, Charlotte's Web. Uh, It's wonderful for anxiety, helps me with sleep. They have wonderful ointments too that have hemp in them that you rub on sore muscles. I put it on my forehead when I have a headache and it just gets that plant ally goodness in you. Like I said, it's not an intoxicant. It doesn't take you out of it. In fact, it helps me work, helps me focus, but takes that edge off in a healthy and productive way. The best way to get a sense for it is to try it. I get the everyday advanced mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a thin mint. Makes you feel even better. And all you got to do is go to cwhemp.com slash weird. Use promo code KEEPITCRISPY and you'll get 10% off your order. Try some of the bombs. They're incredible. Uh, wonderful topical treatment. Or try some of the everyday advance. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just take drops of it. So a, a bottle of it will last you months and months. I love it. I swear by it. Please get a Pete's Pick. Show your support of the podcast. Hope to see you in April for my stand-up show at Largo or in May for my book show at Largo with Rob. Please order Comedy Sex God if you're nasty. Uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon. And in the meantime, excuse me, enjoy my chat with the wonderful Taylor Tomlinson. Let's hear a little bit of her uh, stand-up here, and we'll roll right into the episode. Val? Get into it! Baby Lee? (laughs) Okay. We're those people. I love my parents because I am an adult. 
I'm a grown-up. Yeah, I have friends, grown-up men and women who say things like, "Oh, I hate my mother. And I'm like, what are you, four? Nobody got enough hugs. Hug yourself. Walk it off. (laughs) People who hate their parents have unrealistic standards. They think parents are these superior beings. And they're not. They're just people who suck like the rest of us. (laughs) That's how we should introduce them. Just like, these are my people, Rhonda and Tim. They do what they can. (laughs) Set the bar low. Have you guys realized that your parents messed you up yet? Yeah, you find a stray dent in your head. You're like, what happened there? They're like, we did our best. That's what happened there. You were slippery, so. (laughs) Have you guys had this happen as adults where you realize your parents messed you up based on how other people react to stories about your childhood? (laughs) Stories you thought were fine. Because when you're a kid, you're stupid. You're just like, everybody gets tied in the yard. Like, you don't know. Fast forward 10 years, you're at a barbecue. Everyone's going around swapping stories like, oh my God, my mom was crazy. She used to make us take our shoes off in the house. And you're like, I know, we wore muzzles at night. (laughs) What happened? Why'd everyone get sad? What is it? My parents are cool. They're very religious. That's how I was raised. I'm not super religious anymore. I still believe in God. I think because I've invested so much time into the idea. Yeah, because if there's no God, then I told the wind a lot of secrets. (laughs) My dad's very conservative. He still thinks gay people shouldn't be allowed to get married, which... I don't know, you ever hear older people say stuff and you're like, ooh, someone missed a software update. Like, that's not... Can't just say that anymore out loud. We're in a Target. Be quiet. Uh, It's crazy. He taught show choir for 10 years and the whole time he was like, homosexuality is a sin. And we're like, without homosexuality, you would not have a job. Those sparkly teens put food on our table. Don't bite the jazz hand that feeds you. Growing up, he encouraged me to abstain from drugs and alcohol and sex and enjoyment. And I really (laughs) took all of that to heart. Uh, Even today, I'm, as an adult, very sexually conservative. Not that I'm bad at sex, okay? I'll have you know in bed, I am a wild animal, all right? Yeah, way more afraid of you than you are of me. But I was abstinent all through high school. Didn't need to be. No one's trying to get in here. Uh, Didn't need to lock the door. No one even jiggled the handle, as it turns out. Uh, But I signed the papers, and people don't realize how scary it is being an abstinent teen girl, because friends of mine would be like, oh, I miss my time of the month. I'm pregnant. I missed my time of the month. I was like, oh, no, I'm carrying the Messiah. That's a lot of pressure. I don't know any carpenters. (laughs) But it's so easy to mess kids up. I have a lot of respect for parents, even babysitting. I just babysat for a friend of mine. I was so nervous about it. I didn't want to mess the kid up. So I was like, I'm just going to put on a movie. and I'm not going to talk to it, and everything will be fine. (laughs) So I put on a fairy tale princess movie. Little girl, she's four, adorable. She comes running up to me 20 minutes into the movie and goes, Taylor, what does being in love feel like? 
right? I was like, what? how do you explain love to a child that young? How do you even begin to explain romance and dating and courtship? You know, it's complicated. There's an app and you got to download it and swipe. <laughs> you got to lie a little bit, fill out a resume, take a picture from up here. Like, it's a whole thing. But I wanted to be honest, so I thought about it carefully. I'm like, what does being in love feel like that's similar to something she's done? And I went, okay. Do you remember when you got lost at the grocery store? That was scary, right? But then do you remember the feeling you got when you finally found your mom? How safe and happy and relieved you were? And how you ran up to her and you grabbed her leg and then you looked up and it wasn't your mom? (laughs) That's kind of what it's like out here. Yeah. No, you think you know a guy. Turns out it's just some stranger with your mom's knees. Trust no one. Swipe left. We're just getting back from a little trip. Yes, that's what she was telling me. Is that right? I felt terrible. Oh, no, we had to leave, and we did push it. Okay. You guys moved it to... You can, uh, it's your choice on the earphones. Do most people wear them? I would say 95% wear them. I can't remember the last guest that didn't wear them. I'm definitely going to wear them. Then. I never remember to do this, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to say we're we're recording. Yeah, I couldn't bring your notepad. Oh, that's because I brought it. We set goals, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to do it not on a computer, so you could toss them into the ocean. <laughs> you ever set a goal? Is that really what you did? We didn't toss them into the ocean, no. Oh, uh, but gotta, we did. That set- would have been so romantic. Yeah, but I actually considered it because, uh, you know, sometimes external symbols or doing things like that make you remember, like, my goals, yeah. but like it seems like you're throwing them away. Oh. You know what I mean? You can't burn your goals. You can't toss them in the drink. Yeah, burning always seemed weird to me. Throwing it into the ocean, I mean, besides like the obvious pollution stuff, like it's right. it's kind from- of like releasing it. Like, here, universe, this yeah. is what I would like. Well, I like catch it, <laughs> you know. But yeah, burning seems destructive. Catch it. I don't know. How <laughs> That's how I talk to the universe. You said, but you said catch it really funny. Do you want a blanket? By the way, there's a blanket here. No, I'm cold. okay. Thank okay. you, though. I wish um, I was cold, so I, could. I <laughs> give it time. You might just chill down. I don't know what I mean by that, but um, I might take my shoes off though. You may. That's not too presumptuous. And you you can sit cross-legged as yeah. I am. I don't want to be the only one. Wearing shoes. That feels strange. Well, Katie's wearing shoes. Oh, that's true. You just made Katie, her the only one. can you take your shoes off so that I'm more comfortable? <laughs> I've told this story. No, I've tried to tell this story on Late Night about a guy who I was on a plane and he fell asleep. He was a real monster. Here's the parts that I usually leave out of the story mm-hmm. was that um, it was first class, which was new for me. Obviously, it's like an HBO thing. So they mm-hmm. flew me first class and I but I'm flying out to shoot crashing so I'm trying to be healthy this is boring (laughs) no it's not (laughs) (laughs) is this how you tell stories well you just halfway through you're like you know what abort actually abort this story if Val were in here she would say I often in the middle of a story go this is boring (laughs) and it's my way of going is this boring no but I'm realizing the reason I drop those details like I was flying to film crashing so I'm trying to not look puffy that's stupid oh, okay just overly puffy i don't I'm, i am puffy but i don't want to look overly puffy so like i was declining all the alcohol and ice cream that they offer you mm-hmm. and that have you ever flown first class i have not i don't want to get 
<laughs> like we did because I did the Conan tour and we flew private and I was like I never Whoa. I don't want to get the used breezies? to this at all uh, that's what I call Conan is that what you call Conan with the breezies I'm, I'm not close enough to Conan to you call can, him the breezies if you yeah. called him the breezies uh, I'm honored it's one of the greatest <laughs> achievements of my life that he would know it was me <laughs> He would say, "Did you get that from Pete?" Because I'm the only, I, I'm trying to get it going that we call him Conzies O'Breezy. <laughs> so every time I do it, I always open by saying Conzies O'Breezy as I live and breathe. It's not catching on. Yeah, well, but you flew private. We, yeah, we were on a private plane, which like we were well, we were talking to Conan about. We're like, "Well, this is like your plane, right?" And he was like, "No." He's like, "I fly business class," and we're like. You fly business class, and that's when I was like, "Well, if Conan flies business class, then that's 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 yeah. as far as I'm gonna go." <laughs> well, business class is first class. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I guess. Well, yeah. There's I. These are these are murky waters. Yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody cares about <laughs> this. Is getting is boring. this boring? <laughs> um, this is bad. <laughs> so I was flying first class. Uh, but what's the difference between uh, business and first? I mean, really, it's like a Brett Easton Ellis novel. <laughs> two people that are going to be murdered talking about the difference between business. Um, this is how you get people involved. That you go hop on Instagram and and weigh in. <laughs> business or first? <laughs> You are such a woman of the people. Has anyone ever told you that? No, I, that's why it's important to note that it was a new thing for me, and they mm-hmm. kept offering ice cream and booze, and I was trying mm-hmm. to be good. And that's like a unique, either athletes probably know that feeling, and then vain idiot actors like myself that are like, I, I, we're about to shoot, I don't want to look puffy. Yeah, that sounds like they were trying to sabotage you. With booze and ice With cream? With booze and ice cream? Is like that the normal? most dangerous game style? Yeah, they're they're like, like, feeling logy? <laughs> Have a look about my grounds as he eyes a, a spear that he's going to chase me with or a musket. It's got to be a weapon that gives him a slight handicap. Well, you do, know they the, always, do they ha- always offer you booze and ice cream? They push it on you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm happy that we're talking about this because it's still a, a relatively new experience for me. Uh-huh. And certainly for Val, there's nothing more fun. You just met Val. Yes. Oh, my God. There's nothing more fun than doing fancy things with Val because mm-hmm. she really appreciates them. Whereas like callous showbiz jerks, by the time they've earned a, a first class flight from some network, maybe they don't appreciate it as much right. as just the wide eyed, open heart, beautifulness of Valerie. So she loves it. She'll get the ice cream. She'll have the champagne. And she's just like dying inside. Oh, that's she, so it fun? nice. That's really fun. I, yeah, I can't. I mean, I met her very briefly just now, but I can't imagine her just sitting down in first class like, about time. Yeah, that's... You know? <laughs> That seems not Showbiz people can pick up on a a frequency coming from Valerie, and it's just Mm -hmm. that. Like, whatever it is that's, like, entitled or narcissistic or sort of toxic Mm -hmm. that might, may or may not be lurking in all of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is not a TV show, so my cringe face is not communicating. She just doesn't have that. And a lot of people, like, the more in-tune comedians can pick up on that, is that she is just sort of like a fun present person that Mm -hmm. really is like look at how many movies there are she's not an (laughs) idiot but she's like she likes it yeah i'm sitting there going like all right what am i going to open with or whatever it might be and she she's really there and people you know so we really appreciate that so anyway uh first class uh business class very similar so i'm calling bullshit on conan's uh false humility because business (laughs) class is still very fancy (laughs) plus he's six foot five i mean come on yeah you know what i mean for the very tall it's it's coach <laughs> it's coach with ice cream yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> i've seen val in a coach seat she looks fine <laughs> 
I feel like coach seats vary a lot, though. It I mean, I get, I get on some Delta flights where I'm yeah. like, this is great. And then I get on other ones where I'm like, what happened? Did this they oversell real. it this and is- they <laughs> will add an extra row? Like That's why I like Southwest because it's always the same. Yeah, that's true. It's always mediocre. It's like Little Caesars Pizza of exact- the sky. That's it's exactly just- <laughs> what it is. I've been in the planes where the row feels like they're hiding you for a magic trick. Yeah. Oh like, God. surely some sort of fake wall goes in front of me <laughs> and we reveal to the pilot because he loves a good illusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know exactly the planes you're talking about. Hashtag Delta. Delta's a sponsor. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm oh, just okay. Kidding. I was like, oh, really? really? <laughs> Absolutely. That would be so cool if a podcast was sponsored by Delta. I was like, geez. I mean, I don't. I mean, HBO's really hooking you up. We should do it. <laughs> I should find Delta and see if Delta will sponsor. Why not? You should, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Do they advertise? They do. TV. I feel like it would be a good move because anytime I see comedians posting about an airline, it's never like, it's always way to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's always like. We should do that. We yeah. should fire off a few like, hey, this is a great ass plane, hashtag Delta. Because <laughs> it's always complaining. Yeah. It's always somebody, oh, a delay. Yeah. You can't. It's like I want to be like ancient Greece and be like, the gods of wind and hail delayed your plight. Yeah. Your plight. Your... <laughs> That's better. That was better, actually. <laughs> plight goes with gods of wind and hail more it than does. flight. Yeah. You didn't take, in the ancient Greek days, you didn't take a flight, you took a plight. That's Because what... <laughs> <laughs> it was on some sort of, you know, weird Michelangelo wings. I know these are different time periods. Anyway, what do we say? Oh, uh, I know the flights you're on because there's some newer Delta flights that you're like, oh, everyone's a winner. Yes. And you fly a coach and you're like, this is the best flight experience of my life. And then you don't know what they're doing in, in first class. Everyone gets their own hot tub. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Filled with wine. Yeah, they're like, send us uh, your body temperature ahead of time <laughs> so that we can have your seat fired up for you. And all the people that can afford first class, it's all like 54 degrees. Yes, <laughs> Because they're all Just Mr. Burns. <laughs> they're all lizard people. <laughs> oh, my God. I did Larry King's uh, podcast, and, the, and he did this podcast, and I, I didn't. But I was tempted to ask him if he's aware of the conspiracy theory that he's a lizard person. But you didn't ask? He's just so clearly not a lizard person. <laughs> Like, if you but meet asking. him, it seems so stupid. Like, I love a good conspiracy video with the Donnie Darko soundtrack playing. Like, it's yeah. funny. I think it's kind of sad. <laughs> and it's zooming in on his lizard lips or something. <laughs> and you're just like, I like this. But then you meet the person. I-, I like it for novelty, for entertainment. Right. Yeah. And then when you're sitting with him, he's just so Brooklyn. He's just like, I'm getting too thin. I had a Nathan's hot dog for lunch. And you're like, that's no lizard, But man. you could still ask him if he's aware of the conspiracy. I mean, I'm I sure he about is. It. I thought about it. He only gave me an hour. Oh, okay. If we did the yeah. two, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Around 90 minutes, I'm going to be like, Taylor, are you a lizard person? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll start rehearsing my answer for that. <laughs> because you are. And you I will be once human. I start flying first class. That's you got to earn it. Yeah. in your 54 degree yes. hot tub. So anyway, I was declining everything and the guy next to me was taking everything and I like sort of irrationally started hating him <laughs> because he was like, oh, just really enjoying the ice cream that I wanted to eat. He's having like nine cocktails before we even took <laughs> off. And then he was watching like Rampage and then he fell asleep. <laughs> That's the happiest yeah. person I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah. I was envious of how free he was. Yeah. And I'm there going like, Meh. and he was free. And then he reclined before takeoff. You're not supposed to do that. Fell asleep. 
pause the movie. In the midair, he wakes up like 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 an apnea, like, <laughs> and stayed reclining and unpaused the movie with his socked foot. That's all wow. I wanted to tell you. And I was like, we can crash. I'll happily die to did take this just, man out. Did you just want to lean over to him and be like, you've never been on camera, have you? <laughs> That's that's why I'm making the choices I'm making. Oh my god, you're off camera, aren't you? <laughs> oh my god, is that anyway. how you refer to people now? Just on camera, on camera, and off, off camera, camera people. I was. It's funny that you said that. I did a a commercial shoot. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. It doesn't matter. We kept. We thought it was so funny because it was just me and this other guy in the commercials, and we kept going on camera, off camera, <laughs> and it. Now that I say it, probably wasn't a great bet. <laughs> For everyone that we said it to. But it sounds like a great bit if you were one of the two of you. Yeah, it was a great yeah. for that audience. Yeah. Here's what I never <laughs> remember to do. First of all, we've never we've never met. We have never met. And I'm just yammering. I mean I I thought it was great. It was nice and punchy. But watch for the this. Beginning. Oh yeah, hot beginning. Yeah, hot beginning. Because I mean, you, can... you don't want to start with like, so no. who are you? No. That's, you Your know. parents were religious? Yeah. <laughs> earn it. Let's let's saving private private Ryan that. Let's earn it. Do you get that ref? Uh, sort of. It is from Saving Private Ryan. At right? the end, I, I haven't seen it. In a long I haven't time, seen it in goes, a long time either. It. Like it's not something I would have referenced. The fact that yeah. you did, I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking about. But I wouldn't yeah. have gone out on a limb. And I understand. Done it myself. It's like multiple choice. You can recognize the answer, yes. but you couldn't have filled it in if it was just blank. Right. Exactly. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But you're how old? I'm 25. The only reason I ask, well, first of all, that's interesting. And because you're young for your, mm-hmm. <laughs> for how far you've made it. <laughs> um, but also because you make and get references because I'm 39 mm-hmm. and I notice when I, this is what I meant to say. You're so funny. That's all I want oh, to say. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. I, I found out about you from Ron uh, Funchies. Yes. Funchables. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if I was like, who? Oh, my <laughs> Who's God. That? Now that you well, fly private. This, <laughs> well, here's what's so funny about this is very surreal for me doing this podcast because this podcast came out when I was 17. Okay. I'll be and, in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was about to turn 18. And I was I told, am 17 <laughs> going on 18. I too download podcast. No, it took a modern turn. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. I was still, uh, very religious at the time and I had just started doing stand up in churches No, like the year before. Yep. Uh, the year you know, before, a pen, like a pen, there's probably a pen. And yeah. so you were like the first comic that I, it, this podcast was like so important to me. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, it's somebody who's like Christian and like struggling with it yeah. and a comedian and like in the club, you right. know, like you weren't like a church comic. Cause right. I was very much in like. Like Christian comedy, like you really did it. Oh yeah, like I went to the uh, Christian Comedy Association conference you two or three been times. On the writing staff of Cracking, <laughs> we're just making it up. No, that's not true. We did our research, but that would have been very valuable. Right? You really did it. The Christian what? Oh called? yeah, uh, Christian Comedy Association. CCA. They do a conference. Yep, CCA. It's like a NACA. It's like it's sort of like a NACA, but yeah. you can't get as much work from it. Um, right. So, yeah, no, I was super in it. I took I took a comedy class with my dad when I was 16. He also took it? He it was his idea. He was oh, like, "I'm really no, Yeah, he's I like, "I want to meet your dad." <laughs> you would probably really like my dad, honestly. I bet I would love your dad. I bet I love my dad. But you said that your dad's not into gay marriage, so I don't no, know about there's your dad. That. Yeah, there's my dad's like very charming and like Where you are know, we? sings and 
you know. I mean, in the country. In the country? Oh, yeah. he's like, he's in Temecula. Like, he's two hours from here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you're from? Yeah, that's kind of where I grew up. I okay. was up in, like, Northern California until I was 10, and then... Okay, what what churches were were you a part of? Uh, I went to uh, Center Point in uh, Center Point. Murrieta, the, yeah. the, which think... used to be Lamb's Fellowship, and then they changed to Center Point once they like leveled up and like built a better building, and now it's like pretty big. Center Point. Yeah, it started off in like a uh, it was started off in like a like a shopping center almost a shopping center it was point? a shopping center actually i said almost it was a shopping center yeah i yeah. don't know why yeah you wanted to small. make it better but it was a, a little i was trying to yeah, make it better. it was like a comedy club that they sometimes have next to the cold stone creamery yes and that was uh, the church and it was called lamb's lamb's fellowship and now it's center point it's much it's much bigger center point sounds like a pretty like not nfa church not fucking around <laughs> lamb's fellowship they have sounds pretty good like... lighting i went back there for christmas with my I family it has great oh. sound oh great sound yeah, yeah. great oh. band it's like with a is there plexiglass around the drummer yeah there is yeah <laughs> i think there i think they might have a like a lid on it <laughs> give it a lid oh yeah <laughs> what kind of church is it lid or no lid that is so funny yeah i bet we know all the same praise music we absolutely do unbelievable yeah yeah, yeah. although when i for crashing this seas, we had a worship team. There was actually, I wonder if you can relate to this, and maybe you will later, or, or maybe you already have. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just ask the question. Because <laughs> I asked a friend of mine, uh, a Christian friend of mine, to be the, the worship team in mm-hmm. crashing. I thought it was like this amazing moment. I was like, we're rebuilding my church that I grew up in. Like we're recreating it for the show. And I want, I don't want to do like a fake worship team. Mm. And I know you love the show. Like we've been in touch a little bit that you love the show. And I think it would be so cool. Like this little Easter egg for like 1500 people total yeah. would possibly get it. My school is very small, but that means like 10 people would get it. But it give, give me a kick to have mm-hmm. my actual friends and a real worship team be the worship team instead of actors. Yeah. And they said no. Right. They said no. Yeah. You know what? Do you know who Rob Bell is? I bet you do. Yeah, I do. So I told Rob that story. And he, you know what he said? He said, uh, <laughs> what am I? And you know what he said? He said, <laughs> uh, he quoted the Jesus, uh, the Bible verse, um, when I was hungry, you didn't give me food. When I was uh, naked, you didn't give me clothes. Oh. Remember, he says that to the disciples. Yeah. And the disciples are like, when were you hungry? And when were you naked? <laughs> and Jesus is basically saying, everybody that you don't help is me that you're not helping sort of oh. thing. And so Rob was like kind of righteously angry that my friends liked the show but wouldn't defile themselves right. by yeah. being on a HBO show with naughty words and sex. That's the tough thing is like if they were like, mm, I don't watch the show. If yeah. they were like, we can't watch it because it's not appropriate. Like right. I don't want that in my yeah. brain. Like that would be one thing. But to watch it and be like, no thanks. Right. That's, yeah. And that's it wasn't cool. like the plot was them. Like like a curb right. your enthusiasm and I fall in the baptismal and right. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I poop a little bit and like yeah. disgracing the church. I told them, I was like, it's just, I guess it did hurt my feelings a little yeah (laughs) now now that we're unpacking it i did think it it hurt my feelings a little bit but we knew the worship i'm a little scattered today uh so help me out what were you just saying uh oh dad my dad wanted to take a stand-up comedy class yeah so we took it uh like it was like 45 minute drive from our house and we took it from a christian comedian in uh in a church what was his name his name's nazareth i'm sorry that's his real name is jesus of yep his name is Nazareth. His first name is Nazareth. Wait, he was named Nazareth. Yeah. It's not a stage name. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think he was named Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah, that's his name. 
It's he's a funny. comedian. You can go see him. I don't mean he's to shit on comedian. Nazareth, but of all the things Jesus did is where he's from the most. <laughs> you know I mean, it'd, yeah. it'd be like your name is size 12 because that's the sandal he wore. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I get it. Okay. Nazareth. Yeah. So he taught the class. Was and he was, funny? Uh, I can't. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the class, you mean? Yeah. Just in general, like a funny teacher. Yeah. I mean, he, he like taught us all the stuff those books taught. Which ones? Like, like Judy Carter. And I did stuff. Judy Carter. I totally did Judy yeah. Carter. And it was just the same exercises of like, write down a bunch of things that annoy you, a bunch yeah. of things that make you angry, a bunch God. of things you think are stupid, yep. which is helpful. It's when super you're helpful. But it was like me and Your like, it's basically, yeah, it was me <laughs> and my dad and like five other, you know, middle-aged people. And one of whom was a woman from our church who was like a retired school teacher who I think told him about it. But my dad was kind of like, we'll hang out before you graduate next year. And also, I'm funny and you're a writer and you can write for me. Like, spend time with his daughter? Yeah, yeah. He wanted to like hang out. I love your dad. It's really sweet. As Christian folks or whatever Mm -hmm. we are now, you know, I'm (laughs) a Christ leaning spiritual person. Uh huh. Doesn't it sort of break your heart a little bit that some, like, we know a type of love that can be like, your dad does sound great, and maybe he has some views that we don't agree with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is that, like, it's a yeah. type of love that you don't see everywhere. Usually mm-hmm. somebody would be like, well, that's a deal breaker, and I'm, I'm out. But I have people in my life oh, where yeah. I'm like, I know, like, your wonderful joke. You're so funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just should open with that more and more so you feel welcome and appreciated. <laughs> but, like, you're so funny. You talk about, like, some grown-ups just didn't get the software update. Mm-hmm. But that's a very evolved joke. It's just like, it is. It's like a little bit like a technology becoming out of date. Bill Burr has that amazing bit about, like, I thought I was being a good boy. Like, your dad is kind of reflecting views that he thought made him a good boy, made him, mm-hmm. like, l- made him more loving, more in, more right. You know what I mean? And we're like, no, you didn't get the update. But he's he's like a Newton. Your dad's an Apple Newton. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, that yeah, is? Yeah. That was like the first yes. tablet. Yes. He's, we're, we're iPads and your dad's a Newton, but right. we're trying, we, like, I think I know that complicated feeling. Not mm-hmm. to, we're not throwing your dad under the bus. No, no, but. no, absolutely. I mean, that's been, and, and he and I have had like an interesting, over like the last couple years, like a lot of stuff's happened in my career. And like, I stopped doing churches a few years ago. Yeah. Like put like a hard kind of, took a hard stance on it because- yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't be well, you the couldn't, thing all the time. You I couldn't, couldn't even say an atheist at Christmas, like things like no, that. No, you couldn't like, do anything. Yeah, yeah I used to funny? open for a really big comic, and they fired me, and a big church comic, and they fired me. Which, like, I don't wait. Why they're not bad for a tweet I made, which was a joke for my Conan set. The joke about. Um, I'm a wild animal in bed, more afraid of you than you are of me. I tweeted that. By the way, which is innuendo. Oh, I love it. Thank Keep you. going. It's innuendo. And There's they, a compliment in the oven when you're yeah, ready. Yeah, thank you. Well, and the, this comics uh, brother and manager called me and was just like, hey, like, you know, we have kids in our audience and we just think we should take you off the dates for the spring because, you know, this like you're, you tweeted this. and When did you feed me? When yeah, did you exactly. with me? Get well, Rob's Jesus comparison totally, in here. I totally got it. But like, I'm also like. Like I'm a good kid, you know. Like I, I, I am a straight A so... student with clean urine. Like I have never been fired <laughs> from anything. So I just got off the phone and like cried. And then mm. afterward, I was like, I am never doing this again. I am never going to perform in a place where I feel like I'm tricking people. Yeah. Like I remember once there was somebody in that comics audience who 
found a video of me that like flappers had posted without me saying I could uh saying they could have and all i said was like oh you know when someone's kind of being a dick and somebody sent the link to them and was like is this the kind of comedy you guys support these these are the openers I, you take on the road and i was like oh I, my god i can't i can't be i can't be disappointing a room full of my parents yeah. every weekend like that's right. how i feel like they, it's always like that feeling of like being afraid to say the wrong thing that i think everybody feels on the internet now like that's how Christians have felt our whole life. Yeah, exactly. I've been trying to do it on stage. It doesn't, it hasn't worked. Where I'm like, we're so ahead of you guys with the offended game. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're offended by Kevin Hart saying like, like legitimately offensive things. I, yeah. I know he apologized and stuff, but like I, you guys are so behind us when yeah. it comes to what offends us. See, yeah. I can't, I can't quite articulate it. Yeah. In a funny you, way. You, you guys are real new to the outrage game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. somebody like scouring, and let's not even get on a tear about just like, the one place that should be right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like unconditional love. That's what I think Jesus was about. And I'm just like, it sucks that it's been turned into this like self. We'll get into the God stuff later. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry not, to front load it. <laughs> no, I love talking about it, but I, I it's nicer because it's so heavy. Yeah. I don't want to get on a tear. I just know exactly what you're talking about, and that and that really does break my heart. That the one place that's like we should be. One of my big things is like, why can't pastors talk about their doubt? Or their lust, or their 100%. fear, or their shame, and we're seeing a little bit of change in that regard. We are seeing some progressive pastors that are doing that. Mm-hmm. We're just like, what? What? And the co- compliment that was in the oven was when you did that joke. More afraid of you than you are of me, or more? Yeah, yeah. I said out loud, "That's an amazing joke." <laughs> like, oh, like, thank it came you. out as words. <laughs> Instead of laughter, I just went, that's an amazing joke. It's an amazing joke. <laughs> oh, thank you. You also killed in your late night sets in a way that no one kills in their late night sets. Like people, some people can do it like a like a, a, a batting cage. It's like every joke is a ball and you hit it. Mm. But it's very hard to hit the ball and then run up to where the ball is ahead of you and hit it again. Like get on a roll is basically oh, what I'm saying. Oh, thank you. So you're actually like rolling. When you're talking about the ugly babies and the oh, yolk yeah. being runny and stuff, you're on a roll that usually only happens in clubs, like in real comedy places, and you're doing it four o'clock in a, on a studio for people who maybe already watched an Ellen taping. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? And like we're there for Conan. And I, I always say that when you do late night – you're like a weird new foreign cell in the body and the crowd are like the white blood cells that attack it. Like they mm. want to clean it out. Like it's, it's really hard for them to give authority to another host basically. Yeah. You're like, hi, now I'm standing where he was yeah. and I'm doing a monologue and there's this resistance yeah. and you brought it to, and it's because the jokes are so perfect and your voice is so clear and it's weird that you're 25, but let's not be ageist, but it's remarkable <laughs> oh, thank you. that you started so young. Let's keep going in order. <laughs> you're 16 and you're getting fired, but let's start to how yeah. you got that tour. I'm very interested. Okay. And how was your dad in the class and how was Nazareth? <laughs> So many questions. This okay. is the best day of our uh, life. <laughs> well, that was Nazareth. No, take anyone you want. So so that's how I got into the class. Uh, it's very sweet that you're dead. It's very sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was like a 45-minute drive, and he, I think, was most excited about like talking in the car on the Kill way there. Kill me. Back. Yeah, it's really sweet. Are you his um, only? No, I have three younger sisters. 
you're the oldest. I'm the oldest, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> and set a precedent for the others. You see how yeah. close I am with Taylor. And yeah, okay. Well, it's so, I mean, it's... I'm melting. We still talk about it sometimes, uh, or we have, you know, where... It, I mean, he, they came when I did The Tonight Show uh, over the summer, and he was like, who knew? Like, when I said let's take this class that this is going to be your-. he's like i didn't think you were going to be a comedian like wow. i was like neither did i like it was not at all something i was like trying to be. Say- i didn't know i didn't even know you could be a comedian really. yeah so well you didn't have it modeled around you you didn't know no. any comedian but he said you were a writer you liked writing i liked writing like i wanted to be like an adult adult young adult novelist <laughs> like that's what i wanted to do yeah when i was a kid because that's what you liked because that's what i liked yeah I was it's like, funny this seems like a thought out of your head because you have this really nice perspective on like youth even as you're going through it mm. but you like you have that thing about like you have to earn an autobiography which is so great mm-hmm. i also really appreciated that you called it a memoir a memoir a memoir and then at the end you say you got to earn your autobiography oh, thank those you. language flips and saving Mm-hmm. autobiography for the end <laughs> is so such a primal like on the animal level hu- human beings go like the joke's over you know what i mean it's yeah. like the mirror glaze on the cake you save autobiography it's such a yeah. pro move i'm sorry to gush <laughs> no, i just watched so nice. it and i don't really even know you and i was just like holy shit i'm having a great person on my podcast and i didn't even know you're religious this is a blind wreck this Here is we so are. nice. I, well, I thought I would come in and you're just like, I didn't expect you to even have watched my stuff. So I, I really sure did. <laughs> I sure did. But there was so much good stuff in there. So you wanted to write, oh, and this is the thought that seems like it's out of your head, mm-hmm. is like, I remember being in high school and even college and being like, everybody wants to be a teacher at mm. some point because that's all we know. Yeah. But nobody knows to go. It's just because that's what I know. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like even like, of course, when I admired my teachers, I wanted to be a teacher. When I admired my pastor, I wanted to be a pastor. And then I started like meeting other comedians and I was like, ooh, a new challenger yeah. has entered. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're so stupid. It's yeah. okay to be stupid and just be like, we're just mimicking what, what's available to us. But there might be something that's perfect for you that it, it hasn't been made available. So you wanted yeah. to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer. And you yeah. were writing then. Uh, yeah. And in high school, I was like, oh, I'm, I did creative writing. And you, know, and you excelled? Uh, I think so. I think I was a pretty good writer. I mean, I wasn't good at math or science. I was terrible at that stuff. But I could write an essay very easily. Um, and so I took this class with my dad. Nazareth starts having me open for him. Or he'll send me to go do churches that like... Wait, so you wrote... In the class, you wrote... Stand, stand up. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you did it for the class? I did it. Yeah, we did it for the class every week. It was like six to eight weeks or something. And so you'd come in every week. And do more material? Yeah. And your dad's up there? Yeah, my dad did material too. Yeah. What was his like? I don't remember. I think some of it was about, some of it was probably about raising us, uh, <laughs> buying, maybe, was did he do stuff about buying tampons? I can't remember. For I his really, daughters. Yeah, I think maybe, but I can't really remember. And I don't think he could either. Um how badly would you like that tape, though? Oh, so badly! Oh my god! Well, we did a because we did like a a graduation show, which they let me do fifteen minutes at, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, and all you know, all it was all our friends and family, so it's the most the safest place that you could start yeah. ever. And then it's also after- the later it looks like the worst place, but when you're starting, it's yes. the safest and best place. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then 
after the class uh nazareth had me like start opening for him and like i mean doing like these huge churches with like i'm performing in front of like 500 people and i've been on stage less than 10 times you know just crazy so you had you were doing well in the class though i was doing well in the class yeah and And i did like you worked hard on the bits oh yeah you took it real serious yeah 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 and did you know you were like i'm the best one in this class I don't remember. Not in a cocky remember. way. Just where, I mean, like, it's just kind of objective where you're like, was there a feeling like, did they make you go last? They did make me go last. Yeah, they made and you they go last. And they gave me more time. Yeah. And they gave me more time. Yeah. Because you're super young. Yeah. And they're all like middle-aged weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're shining and you're doing great. Right. Can I also say that your dad doing stand-up is also very moving and pro- probably why he understands now if you are being a little bit cheeky in your material. Because <laughs> if he did do stuff about buying tampons for his daughters, that's a little bit cheeky. You know what right. I mean? Like whenever a pastor has a gay child, you see their feelings about homosexuality shift. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a little bit like Dick Cheney-ish. Yeah. <laughs> where you're just sort of like, oh, well, now it's come home to roost. And I, I would see that, not in my own church, but you'd hear other pastors, something would happen and it makes it real. So I wonder if it helped him empathize with you that he tried it. Um, I mean, I no. don't know. He and I are kind of, uh, we're, we're navigating the waters of my career right what now. What do you I mean? I mean, like, he wasn't super happy with me after that Conan set. Uh, and I, had, and what? I had run the jokes by him beforehand. Oh, and no. he had said like, yeah, that's fine. That is how I feel. And then I did them on Conan. He was really proud for like two days. And then he called me and he was really upset. Because you say that he's not into the software update. Yeah. Okay. Because I was mocking him for his beliefs, which are... Uh, you know, anti-gay. Yeah, and that he thought that was that was very unfair. And I was like, "Well, I ran the jokes by you." And he's like, "It's just so ridiculous that you, that would be okay for you to do." Uh, and I so he regretted giving you permission. Yeah, he what was a perfect really outcome upset. though, because you still did it. Oh yeah, I know, right? So, I was like, "Well, it's too late. Uh, let me call Conan to take it down." Uh, but it was it was a really hard conversation, and it was like. I I mean, it was hard to be like, I disagree with you. Like, I think those views should be mocked. I yeah. think they're wrong. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. And so that, Isn't I mean, that funny. It was, yeah, it was weird. I don't, I don't, I still don't know. Like, cause like they came to the tonight show, which came out, which I f- taped a week before um, the Netflix 15 that I, I did 15 minutes on the comedy lineup on Netflix. Oh, wow. And I didn't so, see that. I would have watched that. Um, yeah. He's don't need to, but it's, uh, why it didn't it, go so well. Oh no, it went well. <laughs> Why did you suck? Um, but yeah, no, I did. I did this fifteen-minute uh, thing, and it, which is like arguably the biggest thing. It's on Netflix that yeah. I've done, yeah. and um, that came out a week after. And they went to the Tonight Show. They like flew out to New York, went to the Tonight Show. I wouldn't let them go to Conan. They they came to the Tonight Show, and uh, my dad and stepmom. They were like so proud. They were so happy. It was like this magical evening with them. But for me, I knew that the Netflix 15 was coming out the next week. And so for me, it was like, <laughs> oh, I, I know that you're not going to like what is coming. In the 15. Yeah. Which it wasn't that bad, by the way. It was just like there was some only darker I, material. It's not only I understand, but our people understand right. this so much more. Because when you watch it, you're like, that's a clean comedian. Yeah. Like you even go like, I, I, I still believe in God and stuff. And I'm like, look at her. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Like I knew I dabbled in trying to say that like I had this bit, man, my heart dropped right into my stomach when I tried it about how I love Jesus. I just don't like his followers. Oh, yeah. And like even saying I love Jesus, I just felt like it was projection. Yeah. I didn't have the confidence to pull it off. But like I felt the whole hipster Brooklyn crowd just go like, well, 
Bye. Yeah. But maybe they weren't. And I just yeah. didn't have the sure-footedness to like commit to my perspective. They probably could pick up my pheromone of doubt yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's like, why are you doing this bit? Like, yeah. you hate this bit. And I was like, you're right. Sometimes the audience is right. You're right. Sorry. You win. Point you. That's why I brought it to you. I wanted to see what I should think about it. You just say it and they go, what? Did that seem genuine to anyone in here? Just see, one person? That's funny. That? That, that's comedy. And that's yeah. why I wish the pastor could say... Is this yeah. feeling sincere this week? Because, man, oh, yeah. I just went through this or this or this, and I'm not feeling it. 100%. Man, because that's yeah. true. Yes. Comedy is hopefully true. Good comedy is hopefully true, and good pastoring? Keep going. Yeah. Well, that, and that was the thing. So the I 15 had to, was going to be weird. Go the 15 ahead. was going to be tough. So, like, the Tonight Show was like this magical evening. They're in New York with me. It's amazing. And then the 15 comes out the next week. I know they watched it and they just don't talk to me for a week. Oh, <laughs> and no. I had to call them and I called my stepmom first. And I was like, Hey, like, how's everything going? She's like, good. How are you? I'm like, good. You know, I'm just, I'm going to do radio to promote this Netflix thing I did. And she goes, Oh, that's nice. And I'm like, did you watch it or, you know, like had to, and she goes, yep, we watched it. And I'm I like, am in a hot yeah. minestrone soup right now <laughs> and yeah. it's not pleasant. Oh, it was so, it was so weird to like fish for your own disapproval <laughs> to be like, and what did you think? And she's like, we were Follow disappointed. Me, I'll teach you to be a fisher of compliments. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just like, yeah, we were disappointed. And she goes, you're just a better clean comic than anybody else's stuff out there. Like your clean stuff is stronger than anything else. And I was like, yeah, I mean, first of all, Don't clean is subjective. See. And how much comedy do you watch? You know, yeah. like, because then I called my dad and my dad had the same thing where like, granted, he wasn't he wasn't angry, which is what I was like, so afraid of. So I was like, okay, good. But he wasn't like happy with it. He thought he said some stuff about how like, he's like, it just seems like you were swearing. I said two swear words. And he's like, it seems like you were swearing to just like be a part of the club. Like, it this just seems like, me. yeah, he's like, it just seems like you were, you know, just trying to fit in and you didn't need it. And, you know, doing that, you did, I did a joke about um, guys not wanting to wear condoms, which I could have done on late night. It's pretty clean condom joke. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, that was disturbing to me. Like, I don't know what you're doing out there. He's like, I don't know. Can I? Yeah, please. dying. Yeah. (laughs) I just had to learn this phrase. And I've said it many times on this podcast where I just say, it took a long time to train my parents. And it sounds like your parents mm-hmm. are more conservative than they are. Yeah. Um, but I just had to start going like, it's not for you. Yes. I know you know this. Yes. I've told, doing... them that, I've told them that about my podcast where I'm like, you, it's not. It's don't not for get you. It. Yeah. He like tried to join like the secret Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I do like a, I do a podcast with two of my friends, Delaney Fisher and Kelsey Cook called Self-Helpless where we talk about like self-help and stuff. Good title. And the, and the, the Facebook group's like girls in their 20s and 30s and my dad's like trying to join. Like I made one of the hosts. That's how I heard about it. Like, oh. And I was like, dad, you just don't, don't know what a podcast is. Like just don't, don't go there. But there's like this. I always go to the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. It's like there's the Shire, right? And that's where you were raised. And, yeah. And your parents just want to keep you in the Shire. And like, that's why I think crashing other stories about comedians, just watching comedians develop and especially religious comedians and negotiating that with their parents. Mm-hmm. When your skills of dragon slaying or whatever adventure going are so great that all these weird characters, and I'm admitting that comedians are weird like they must seem so odd like dwarves and elves and just fucking weirdos keep going like you have what it takes to take the ring and your your dad's back in the shire going like i I don't you're you're above this yeah you know what i mean but like you have to learn i'm still learning how to like explain to them that like running with these talents and these gifts is like is a beautiful and 
I don't want to use the word godly, but I will. God, like it's a godly thing. It's like using yeah. what you've been given. And I, I get that it's painful, but at a certain point you have to just be like, yeah, it would be weird if you did like my condom joke, dad. Yeah. Yeah. But so, <laughs> there are so many comedians with like cool parents who are like, that's great. Like they'll do jokes about doing anal in front of their parents right. and they're like my parents are here and it's just a fun button on the joke right. and their dad just like you know cheers their scotch to the <laughs> stage and you're like what who is that that's weird you're just into this mr d like that's strange but i think the pressure cooker that you're in is probably gonna cook something even more interesting than that mm-hmm. you know what i mean what sorry to keep bringing up crashing but one of the reasons why the show has an engine mm-hmm. or a pulse is because my character has these conflicts. Mm. You know what I mean? The guy that's just like, and I do the anal and the dad goes, I love it. I'm not, that person can be amazing. Mm-hmm. And surely some of our favorite comics were like that. But I think there's something interesting about the, the pressure that you're under and what that, how that's going to kind of mold you or, or how it clearly already has molded you. Yeah. It is interesting that you're saying about like using these gifts are godly too. Cause when I was doing churches, that's what I was doing. I mean, you had that. Your mom said that on Crashing, right? Where she said to your your girlfriend on the show, like, it's so great that Pete's using his gifts, gifts for, for God. Lord, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh man, people used to say that to me all the time doing church shows. Like, and as I got older and I got more into like the club scene and whatnot, it was like, oh, I started feeling like I was lying because I wasn't sure about any of it. Yeah. And so when people were like, I'm going to pray for you, it's amazing what God's doing for you. I just feel like, you know, God's got his hand in what you're doing. You're going to be a, a really a voice for whatever. And I was like, ah, I can't, I can't handle the pressure of this. Yeah. I mean, and there were so many people within the Christian comedy community who were so supportive of me, uh, even the people who fired me, like so supportive and <laughs> nice and like, you know, there were. I'm sorry, is that the sound of you turning the other cheek? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I just got a breeze from you turning the other cheek just then. Even well, the people that fired me have been very supportive. They were very, no, they were I like, get it. Hey, we always support you, and uh, I haven't yeah. heard from them since. But I'm sure <laughs> they really meant it. Um, but it, I mean, all those people were so nice. But it, there was this, there was this sense of like, if I do the wrong thing, though, you won't be, mm-hmm. and I. Conditional. Yeah, it's super conditional. Which is what, who are the people that you're, like, one of the things that I don't think the gospel is about is us and them, and it's Mm -hmm. really been turned into us and them. Mm -hmm. So here you are, when I watch your set and you say, I'm like a wild animal in bed, way more afraid of you than you are of me, Mm -hmm. I feel solidarity and healing and connection. Mm -hmm. So, and that literally is like ministering to me, quite literally. Mm -hmm. So like, why can we only... They want to turn you into like some sort of mascot that can represent their inness yeah. and then entertain those that are in. And I, when I started doing comedy, my mother's friend Roberta wrote me a letter that quoted the Old Testament about like, woe to thee that offer strong drink and Ooh. all this because the places I performed served yeah. liquor. And I was just like, who? They're them? Yeah. And I'm supposed to stay with us? Yeah. Like you don't know the power of being dirty like dirty clean being dirty but in a way that can edify i'm using christian words here but edify and make people feel less alone that is so fucking beautiful yes and if you're not talking about condoms if you're just going up there and you're just doing like we hate christian music and christian comedy for the same reason sometimes we hate it i'm sure there's some good stuff i don't know (laughs) 
Because it's like, what isn't Christian? Like, which yeah. of your feelings aren't acceptable? Mm-hmm. What functions of your body aren't acceptable? And where are we getting these ideas that mm-hmm. God, like, made an error in making you a sexual person right. or a curious person or has a brain that provides doubts from time to time? Speaking to those things truthfully and and beautifully in, in a funny way is so much more gospel spreading than just literally doing comedy for the choir would ever be. Yeah, Show's yeah. over. <laughs> Nailed it. I just. <laughs> it's not going to get any better than that. Let's wrap this up. No, I I meant that because you just you clearly touched a nerve in me. But I, I keep going. Keep keep telling your tale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Continue with your plight. Um, yeah, I mean, so for the first. Started when I was 16 for the first couple years uh, I was, was finishing the- high school and like going to college wow. and then realized my first semester of college like oh I, I really do want to be doing comedy um, even if it's just on the weekends or whatever so then I like moved home and then started going up more in San Diego and just uh-huh. like communicate commuting to a community college and like when I was 19 had like a very serious relationship where with someone else who was very religious and like talking about getting married like all those things which is also why your podcast was so important at that time because i remember listening and going like okay pete holmes got married at 22 (laughs) and was divorced at 28 i'm talking about getting married at 19 like maybe this won't maybe maybe just wait i don't know but i was married when she was 20 really yeah she's from the church too oh wow well yeah obviously i mean (laughs) she was like real atheist but married at 20 um real open she was just ready to go (laughs) just ready to go just wanted to be in matrimony (laughs) but uh and then when that relationship ended why did that relationship end because you're you're, you were on the track yeah i was like gonna stop doing comedy i was like i'll I'll be a teacher i'll do comedy like on the weekends like sometimes like but i was like i'm gonna marry this guy i was like god is telling me to marry this guy I prayed about it. Like he, that's what he told me. And then, and uh, isn't it funny when we say that we're praying to God, we're praying to like a matrix in our brain yeah. of thoughts and beliefs that we've sort of inherited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're loading, we write the question for God on a note card and we're loading it into what we think is infinite reality. Mm-hmm. But really it, it's so tainted, obviously, yeah. by what other people have told us God is. Yeah. And then we get back an answer that we know doesn't, vibrate the tuning fork in our hearts like it's right. not intuitively correct and i know this because i did it yeah i was like well everyone's telling me i should uh, get married because mm-hmm. i we had had sex and i was like well i guess we have to get yeah. married and uh, that's just what you do and i'm not going to be one of those people yes. in nightclubs laughing at condom jokes yeah <laughs> i want to be in the shire yes yeah drinking me dark too. beer and the dances and gandalf with the fireworks <laughs> i don't know why that voice <laughs> Yeah, I was in the same situation where, like, we hadn't had sex, but we'd kind of, like, done everything. You know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's fine because we're going to be together forever. The joke I do on stage now, because I do sex jokes, but I'm like, just to be clear, like, I've had sex with two people, four if you're Christian. Like, that's how I kind of put it in perspective for people because, yeah, at the time, like, yeah, we hadn't actually done the thing so i was like okay well i'm still okay a virgin yeah i'm still technically fine that was me too yeah we dry humped yeah so much dry so much dry humping and then my friends would moist hump which is naked dry i know this is crude (laughs) they would moist hump and i and i remember saying moist hump at my christian college i was like oh you guys are moist humping and someone went "Ugh, shame on you (laughs) another 19 year old (laughs) like 
shamed me. Shame on, like they were disgusted. Uh, this is what I mean, policing each other. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's happening. Yeah, you're like, we're all doing it behind the antique mall. All right. <laughs> you know, it's happening. Okay. We've all been caught That's by the cops. hobby to lobby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very niche hobby. Yeah. But I, I'm so with you. We want to be, and it comes from an earnest place, mm-hmm. like an earnest love and respect for the mystery of everything and, and wanting to, at least for me. And then I was like, well, how do I do that? And I was doing what everybody told me to do. And then I got married. And then what happened? You, you He did. broke up with me. He broke wow. up with me. Yeah. And... After he broke up with me, and it was, which I should have seen coming, because at one point he told me he didn't like who I was on stage because he would come to comedy clubs. This with is me. a great story. I, know, I was like, you're like the better crashing. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I didn't actually get married. So I, I, I remember saying to him, I'm like, that's like who I am, though. Like that's the person I want to be all the time is who I am on stage. And he's that just is, like, I just think you're so negative and this is sarcastic, blowing my yeah. mind. I when I got to New York. I was in the at the Boston Comedy Club, which is a real mm-hmm. club, and uh, and I remember off stage, on stage, I was very Seinfeldy and very sweet and clean because I was still performing as if my parents were in the crowd, even though I was following someone that was like the G spot gyrating <laughs> and the female ejaculate puts out my cigarette, and then Classic. I get up and I'm just like frozen peas or whatever, <laughs> um, and then off stage I would be this person that you're saying, like I would be my real self and I would make kind of like sarcastic or snotty remarks that were funny, breaking Mm -hmm. balls or whatever it might be. And I remember it was Jamie Kilstein and this kid named Oz and they were like, why aren't you like that on stage? Mm. You know what I mean? This is what I love about the stand-up story is like your boyfriend, your fiance, maybe, or not yet. No, he wasn't yet. Well, your boyfriend broke up with you because he saw stand-up afforded you a platform to discover, do the work that so many people never do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need it almost like a therapy to, to excavate who you really are. Yeah. And he saw it and broke up with you. And that's horrible. It's like yeah. the last thing you would have wanted. But of course, sitting here, we're like, it's exactly, it saved your fucking life. Oh, it <laughs> saved my life so hard. Well, and it was so weird because there were a few months afterward that like, a few months afterward he was like kind of trying to get back together for there was like two months where we were kind of in limbo and we almost got back together and we didn't even believe in purgatory (laughs) 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 and uh and i it was just like a weird like even like i i I loved his mom like i still talk to his mom sometimes like his mom's so sweet yeah and uh his mom had lunch with me a couple times and his mom kind of a couple times was like maybe don't like basically like didn't explicitly say but was just like maybe you don't a radio city rocket right yeah that's how happy i am yeah the mom that's like don't marry my son basically like maybe don't get back together yeah just like maybe don't and it wasn't it wasn't coming from a place of like you're not good enough she was just like just maybe maybe don't do like and it was so gentle and i remember thinking like oh wow that's probably a pretty big sign and then i i i met somebody else who was a comic at the time who was like my age and had been doing it the same amount of time and was basically like hey like you're really good and you don't go up that much like you go up a couple times a week and he was like if you don't become a comedian like it's your own fault i love it and that's when i started like going up all the time and like multiple times a night and stuff strider he was aragorn yeah exactly son of arathorn yeah 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 you need these you i bet he was a weirdo yeah they're all weirdos (laughs) and he told you the fucking truth yeah Yeah, yeah. truth that like 
your parents, uh, I'm not thinking of your dad specifically, but like we need someone from the outside yes. that goes like, hey, dummy. Totally. You have something special here. Yeah. It really puts me in the microwave to think of you going, I'll just not that there's anything wrong with being a teacher, but like if you have a calling and you're like, but I don't think it's in line with who I think I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Even though there's this other truth happening inside of you, your intuitive truth mm-hmm. that you you honored it. This is beautiful. It should be celebrated. <laughs> we should find out what day that was and it should be a holiday. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> For everyone, for not everyone. just me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was like, I remember the last time I saw my college boyfriend, we like went to coffee and he was like thinking like, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, do this. And I, I just told him like, you don't like me. Like, you just don't, it's fine. You just Wait, what don't do you mean like we're gonna me. what do you going to do this? Like, well, we were supposed to get dinner and then I was like, maybe we should just get coffee. I was like, maybe we just shouldn't. And he was like, well, do you want to get coffee? Like, what do you want to do? And then we met up and I was just like, yeah, I just think, you know, it's probably over now and we should just move on and limbo over limbo over and he was like so you don't want to try again because i thought we were kind of on that track or whatever because we'd had coffee a few times and i was just like you don't like me man like you it's this fine the best book i've ever read <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah and i he was just like oh okay and then like because he that was it. like i don't want to vilify this person but it's he's like I thought we were going to try again. And like the subtitle on the screen was, I think I can like tame you. Maybe. You know yeah. I mean? Who knows? That's, that's just like one of the potential evils. Well, I'm I, not saying he was thinking that. No, I that's think what I was trying hear. to be. A, I think he was trying to be a good guy. I don't know if he just like, I, I think he was just trying to be a good guy, but I was like, you just aren't. You're not you don't like me. me. Yeah. yeah. You, you like the person who brought you to church with my family on our first date. Like yeah. that's who you're into. And I'm, I'm kind of getting out of that. Like I even look back to the way I dressed like when I was yeah. dating him and I'm like, well, I was wearing skirts. Like what was happening? And I'm so different now. <sighs> it's just insane. And part of it was like being around more comedians. Cause like I grew up so sheltered to the point where like the, the almost like the, the suggestion was that anybody who wasn't a Christian was like kind of a bad person, you know, like, of course. which is, yeah, we're like, Oh, and I, I have a and joke. They're going to burn forever. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing playing blackjack with that man who's going to burn forever? Right. Exactly. There was no like fraternizing unless you were actively attempting to save somebody. That's right. So when I started, Other. yes, exactly. You so know, when I was like in comedy and like meeting all these people I wouldn't have been exposed to. Otherwise I have a joke about it now where I go, when I, the first time I met, an atheist with morals i was so pissed because it felt like meeting a hot girl with a great personality hilarious i was just like that's not you can't have everything i thought my reward for sacrificing you know all of my all of my sunday mornings was i got to be a good person in the same way that like having acne as a kid means i get to be interesting and funny but no some people were just hot the whole time and are still great that's not cool like not everybody had to grow up feeling guilty and you still are a good guy right what like that's a chapter in i just finished my book and i was writing about when i met beautiful atheists that were like not just moral but were as or more moral than i was without a reward waiting for them yes they were like when we die it's over and yet Look at I'm I'm behaving in a way that I would like to be treated. And yeah. I'm like, but not for a promise of ambrosia. <laughs> but what about the frankincense? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, 
would be like, we talk about like just another jewel in your crown. I don't know if anybody ever said that to you. No like if you'd sacrifice me. something, the idea that when you're in heaven, oh, you'd yeah. have an extra jewel in your crown. Yeah. This is just straight bribery. <laughs> Deny yourself and then later, yeah. oh man. I used to be so conflicted. I was like, is there sex in heaven? Oh, it's I like, never even thought I was about like, that. That's all I wanted. I was so blindingly horny. And I was like, just don't do anything about that. And yeah. I was like, but in heaven, is there... Is are there asses? <laughs> <laughs> I hope there are asses because I couldn't conceive of a paradise that didn't have some sort of release to all of this stuff that I was feeling. Obviously, I, yeah. you know, it's fifteen, right? It's different. But that's now. so interesting because I never thought about that. But that's so true. M- my thing is like just thinking about you know when you get to heaven, like oh, everyone you knew is just gonna what In you're hell. just gonna see them the same age oh. that you remember them like that was the part i couldn't like get around and i also just i don't know i had doubts like for a really long time like my mom died when i was eight and everybody was like oh well we'll see her again someday mm. and i was like i don't feel that way am i supposed to feel that way it's interesting which was like a really tough thing for oh, me to God, like i love this come to- i hate what you're saying <laughs> but i just love that this story is being shared <laughs> because what's happening is you were dying to your old self. Right. And that's so essential. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not talking to you. I'm not giving you advice. I'm just saying in my own life, the number of times that you have to die and be reborn mm-hmm. is so essential. And sometimes you need, often you need someone to point out, hey, I don't think who you're pretending to be is who you really are. Yeah. And comedy is a great way to figure that out. It doesn't have to be comedy. But that guy that was like, hey, if you're not a comedian, it's your own fault and you should get up more. Yeah. And like, isn't that beautiful that someone's like, hey, I like who you are on stage. You're saying that's really me. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's not for your dad. I know your dad loves you, but I'm just saying like, it's not for him. And then you find all these people that go, no, that's the best one. Mm-hmm. That's Oz and Jamie saying like, why aren't you this way on stage? Why aren't you giving your realness when it counts? Instead yeah. of going, I can just neuter myself and be who I think I'm supposed to be and make a huge decision like that at 19. Yeah. It's real stakes poker right here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of card game references. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. Yeah. But uh, so you, your mom died when you were eight. When I was eight, yeah. And well, that's kind of old enough to remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's old enough to remember. I don't sure. remember eight, but nothing you, happened. You don't remember eight? Not really. Yeah, but if someone had kicked died. it. Yeah, yeah I would probably, have definitely remembered. You would have remembered What eight. happened? She had cancer, so, you know, pretty slow. standard. Yeah, slow. She, I think she was sick for like a year and a half or something. It's murky on the details, but uh, yeah, my sisters were two, four, and six, and I was eight. So I probably remember the most. Wow. Um, which I thought growing up, I was like, oh, well, at least it'll be easy. Cause my dad got remarried fairly quickly. Like he got remarried 10 months later and my, um, my stepmom, I was like, oh, well, she'll just be my youngest sister. Like she'll, they'll just remember her as a mom. And my youngest sister it's has like had a recasting weird... of Aunt Viv on yeah. Fresh Prince. Like, exactly. You only saw after the recasting. <laughs> and so I just figured that's Aunt Viv to you. Uh, <laughs> it was a real chance making yeah. that joke. Thank you for yes ending it because we are talking about something very sad. Yeah. But you thought maybe it would be a seamless baton passing. I thought it would be seamless. And then as we've gotten older, like my mom, you know, journaled her whole life and stuff. And like my youngest sister has been the one who's really like led the charge. And like, we're going to read all mom mom's journals like really Mm. wants to look through all the scrapbooks wants to learn as much as she can because she doesn't remember anything yeah and so the the degree to which i feel like oh man i never i never got to know my mom and she never got to know me my younger sister has that like 
a, a thousand times right, more. Right. And I just didn't think she would mm. because she was so young, but she, she still does. It's like the, the, the charge in you. And now it sounds like your younger sister too, mm. to know who you are might even be more, it might explain the accelerated, like desire to write and to figure mm-hmm. yourself out and be creative. I don't know. Yeah. Does that sound right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Cause knowing, I get knowing your mom, I mean, is probably one of the ways that we know ourselves yeah. the best. Maybe yeah, not the best. I don't want to quantify it. Honestly. It's like someone burned a bunch of files on yeah. you almost Yeah. when you lose a parent because you're like, somebody, oh, I just don't know. Somebody's told me that the, in some cultures when someone dies, they say their library burned down. Oh, really? <laughs> like, like they say my library burned down and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. They know what that means? Like if uh, our friend Dave died, I'd be like Dave's library burned down. Oh. Like the library of Dave burned down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I prefer left the body. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just much more optimistic. <laughs> like way your to body's the library. Yeah. You got to drop oh. the body, but like, yeah, your mom's somewhere else and she's fine or whatever. But I don't, I don't even know how literally or whatever I believe that. But yeah. you said people were like, don't worry, you'll see her later. Oh, yeah. And you didn't really buy it. Yeah, well, because we were so religious. And I mean, we were part of a really big church. Everybody was praying for her. Like, she would speak at church. Like, she was very involved in the church. I was like, well, nothing's going to happen because we believe in God and we're talking to him and it's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. And then like two months before she died, my dad sat, me and my my uh, sister who was six at the time down and was like, hey, mom's not going to make it. And I was just like, what? Like, I, And I don't remember anything else surrounding it except for the day she died and I had to like, I like went into her room afterward and like kind of like sat with her body for a while because I needed it to sink in yeah. that she was gone. And I just never felt because it, it, I didn't understand how everybody, everybody could be like, God's got it. He's got it handled. It's completely fine. Mm-hmm. And then the minute she died, everybody was like, it's fine. We'll see her. We'll see her later. I'm like, yeah. but you said earlier like right. and i i don't know there was just this well, everybody that's a had great this one for tr- one if yeah. it's going to be fine and she's going to be fine uh and then she wasn't fine yeah medically mm-hmm. and then it's like now no she'll be fine in heaven you're like well if that's not true then this might not be true exactly yeah and i mean she i remember watching a video of her i think it was in her memorial service video where she was speaking in church about how she was going through chemo she hated it and she referenced a verse in the bible about like sacrificing your like giving your body as a living sacrifice to God, which mm. I think was more so like you live your life as a living sacrifice. But she said, and when she was speaking at church, like I I'm giving my body as a living sacrifice to God, no matter how this ends, like it's up to him. And I remember watching it and being so mad. Cause I was like, you gave him permission to kill you. Like I was so angry. Right, right. So I was like, everybody else was doing their part. Like, why did you do that? But I, I don't even think she thought she was going to die. Because I've asked my grandparents. I've asked my dad. Like, I'm like, did she ever talk about... I mean, you had a little bit of a heads up. Was she? Did she say anything? And they were like, no, she never... She like never said anything about, about it. About dying. She never... The one thing she said, my grandma told me once she told her, and I don't think it was when she knew she was going to die. It was before. She said, like, mom, if I die, make sure my kids are creative. And that's the only thing she really? ever said about it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of great. Isn't that great? I mean, if there's... I mean, I'd prefer a letter or something, but... I'd prefer my mom. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah you sure. know. <laughs> but I mean, if they're, those are nice, uh, they speak to you, yeah. I guess, if, yeah, yeah. if you're going to get a message like that. I had a very similar experience where our first pastor's daughter was sick, mm. and we all used to get together and pray. I, I have a very vivid memory of praying really 
fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And even kind of being like, and I'm a kid. So kid prayers are like extra pure. And God is going to be like, all right. And having that feeling like we were all like, she's going to be fine. And then she died. Mm -hmm. And that same sort of like, well, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But having a faith that uh, has an interpretation and an allotment for suffering is so important. But it sounds like the way that we were raised was like, don't even look at the thing. Yeah. It's going to be okay. We're all going to act like it's okay. And then it's not okay. And then not even owning that horribleness and just being like, but it's still okay. Yeah. It's like the pastor that can't talk about their doubt. Like you don't really have the vocabulary to talk appropriately about a God that set the whole thing in motion and fucked up terrible goddamn shit that happens all the fucking time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, you just misinterpreted when we said okay. Like, we meant okay one way or the other. It's right. like, no, that's not what you meant. Right. <laughs> like, you meant okay here, right? And they're like, yeah, but she is okay, you know? Right. I'm like, right. I don't like, I don't like this genie god who gets you on technicalities, if that's yeah. how it is, where he's like, well, she is okay now. I was like, yeah. all right. That's, you knew what you we You knew meant. what we were saying. <laughs> right. Like, we got to get real specific now. Like, we would like her okay here on earth. <laughs> like, right. But yeah. it's, it's a troubling thing. Like, I think about this all the time. It's a little bit too existential maybe to think about, but it's like when we think of God as the as the thing that's looking out for us in that way, mm-hmm. not the God that's like whatever happens is what we're supposed to work with. Mm-hmm. And we go like, it's a protection plan. That's why my divorce made no sense. But then it's also like everybody dies in the end. So God drops the ball eventually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if death yeah. is a failure then it's going to happen to everybody. So at some point, God's going to be getting his Keurig coffee pod and you die. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I look away for two seconds. And that's, that's you know, obviously not what I feel now. But you felt like God is at the beginning of... You didn't lose your faith, though. I mean, you... I mean, I was... I felt like I was holding on to it for, like, dear life. And I would go through seasons of, like... Okay, now now I'm I feel pretty strong in it and then other times I'd be like I just don't I just felt like everybody else was feeling something I couldn't feel, you know? That, like, that I, she's okay? Like with everything. I mean with that oh, especially yeah. like with her with the fact that everyone was so sure there was a heaven, everyone was so sure that this was the thing. And I to, the thing you were talking about about not voicing doubts, nobody would just say yeah, we don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not this. But right. this is what we think, and that's all I would have needed. I think. Yeah. And nobody would ever say that. So for a while, I mean, I was transitioning out of like, you know, being super Christian into like, oh, I believe in God. I just don't know if it's exactly this version of Christianity. And then it was like, oh, maybe it's just God. It's just a general God. And it's like, oh, maybe it's just the universe. And now I really don't know. And I'm kind of in a place now where I'm like. Do I want to spend my whole life trying to figure out what happens when I'm dead? Because yeah. I I won't figure it out. Right. Like, there's no way. There's no. There's. I can't work hard enough. There's no ounce of control in it, which is so frustrating to me as somebody who's very Type A and like has a good work ethic. I think. Like there's there's no way I can work hard enough to figure out what happens. So why would I spend the the little time i have here just trying so hard to figure out exactly what it is and nailing it down and that's that's kind of the place of like uncertainty that i've had to settle into over the years but that that is a solution in itself like saying we don't know is a way to take up 
the energy i'm paraphrasing around us here but it's like the energy that we spend subconsciously in denial of death Mm -hmm. to at least say we don't know so i'm going to surrender to it Mm -hmm. there's something that i i wrote down it might be on my desk somewhere it was like we all have to trust god when we die so we might as well practice now Mm. so it's just like just trust now and there's also this roomy poem where he says like we're in an apple orchard we could spend all of our time wondering where the orchard came from, or we could eat some fucking apples. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah. But like, you're not gonna know when when they asked um, Buddha what happens when you die. He said, "What business is that of yours?" <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And another Ram Dass, he goes like, "You're in school. Take the curriculum. Like, do this. Yeah. Like, don't worry about what happens when the third grade ends. Just like, be in the third grade. Just do it. Yeah. So, but but what I'm hearing when you go, I'm going to own an uncertainty releases some of that denial Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people, sometimes we just go like, well, it's just heaven and and that's our way of going like, let's not think about it. But underneath, that's just the tip of the iceberg and there's still a lot of conflict there that I think can be calmed down with. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because if we were supposed to know, I think it would be a lot more obvious. (laughs) Right, yeah. That's what I think too. It's so mysterious and then at some point you just have to go, well, if it's so mysterious, I guess it's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved I loved your joke in in your special about uh, like people think some like certain things certain religions like oh that would be weird if there were life after death and you're like this is weird <laughs> like this is all so weird I yeah. was like yes that's yeah. exactly how yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. sure there could be whatever it but could be anything I think the the craziest thing to believe is that we've figured it out yeah and like have a, a manual and we're like no we figured it out it's right, right. Here. and it's like what the people that again Ram Dass heavy episode with two references in the under hour mark <laughs> but he his attitude towards death would be like I have no idea but mm-hmm. it's an adventure and we all do it yeah you know what I mean it's like something that we kind of have this shared experience I believe it can't be a flaw in the game like like I used to be like I used to ask why didn't we just start life in heaven? Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. God loves us so much. Why have this? Yeah. Why have this like game? Yeah. Why send us to college first? Yeah. What, yeah. Is, what is that? Just start in heaven. We'll just be angels. Yeah. You seem to like praise. We'll praise you <laughs> and we'll never die. Yeah. But then you have that that's the beginning of the idea. Then why are we here? And if we die, then let's assume that that's not a flaw, that that's something that we're supposed to work with, mm. not figure out, but work with whatever yeah. it might be, including doubt, including crisis of faith or whatever it might be. It's all in the game, I suppose. Yeah. So you slowly were working with it. You kind of jumped from like, you're no, jumping around a lot. No, no, so. your stages of belief. But I, I, how did it affect? Well, I'm trying to put the timeline together. She passed when yeah. you were so young, mm-hmm. and then you sort of were having your weird faith things. But that after that is when you worked with Nazareth. Yeah, when I was six. So you were still. I churchy. mean, I was living. Yeah, I was living at home with my parents. I was going to church every week. I mean, that was like, that was my life. I was under their jurisdiction basically yeah. so like i i didn't get out and have my mind opened up to different people or different things until i was in college yeah um and i and i wanted to be the person my parents wanted me to be mm-hmm. like i still want to be that person i'm just not which sucks <laughs> but i want to so bad like i i i don't know how to explain to them sometimes of like dad like i would love to be the person you thought you're, I would love to be the American girl doll 
that you put dresses on yeah. like my whole life but i'm i'm just not and it was so hard to come to terms with the fact that i'm not right and unfortunately no matter how many strangers like it the fact that you don't like it is gonna hurt me forever but i'm working through it you right. know but I, that is real wisdom right there that's just beautiful oh. when you started to say like i i still wish i could be yeah. i'm like uh-oh and then you went but i'm not and i'm like ah. yeah <laughs> usually takes people a lot of work yeah no well it's that thing of like i don't know it's like seeing the matrix or whatever that's like well once you see it you can't like unsee it is like how i feel about church like i go back to church now and i get mad (laughs) where i'm just like come on like this is you know or like when they do the the like kind of silent prayer at the end where he's like leading you through accepting christ i'm like oh this is like a guided meditation like that's yeah. why everyone feels good and relaxed and that's like the holy spirit kind oh, of interesting resting on you you know like yeah it's it all i can like see yeah like i know how all the magic tricks work now so the right. magic show isn't fun anymore like right. i've heard every version of the christmas weekend sermon like i've heard all of them i've heard every yeah. angle of like you guys ever you guys ever think about it from joseph's perspective it's like, <laughs> it's like pretty fucked up right like i'm like yeah no that was cool like 10 years ago i was like i didn't think about it from right, that perspective right. and then just there's like four different ones and it's always the same and like yeah it would be so it would be so refreshing to go in and have him just be like, I'm struggling with it this week. Anybody right. else? You know, but that's, just... that's what comedy can be. That's yeah. where your condom jokes come in. Yes. Like what is gained in acting like none of these feelings and experiences exist? We're just dry humping behind the, what did you say? Antique mall. Be- behind the antique mall yep. again. It's all the, all the shame and nothing is let out. And that's why I think there's this urgency behind your comedy. You say like, I'm a grown woman a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do I say that a lot? Not, maybe not a lot, but it st- <laughs> stood out to me because that's something that I often find myself yelling on stage. Even now, <laughs> I'm a grown woman. Even now that, well, I say, <laughs> I'm a grown woman. <laughs> but I say it to my mom all the time. I'm like, I'm 40 years old. I can't wait to be 40. I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> but I can't wait to be 40 so I can be like, I'm 40 years old. It's over. <laughs> like, we're basically just representing that feeling of like, I just wish you could love me for who I am and yeah. and all, and even like me for who I am that yeah. would be really nice well and the tough thing is as a kid you are you have already accepted them like you know all of your parents you know f- for lack of a better word flaws yeah. or just differences from you like I know all the ways that I don't agree with my dad but he didn't know all the ways I disagreed with him until about a few months ago right. when we had so to have he gets a big it time. unloaded on yeah him. he gets it unloaded and I've already it, but it, there's a degree of like, oh man, why why can't you do what I'm doing? Like I'm I'm meeting you where you're at. Right. Meet me where I'm at. And you're growing. Yeah. Like that's always the thing. It's like we wish they could just kind of keep growing or whatever, right. growing <laughs> growing alongside with you. Yeah. But like when when your dad goes and I watch your 15 minutes and like I wish you were clean. Mm-hmm. Have you unpacked that or like why does he wish you were clean? Is it for how other people see yeah. you? I think it is. <laughs> I think it's embarrassing. I think that's what it my is. My mom's lost friends because of crashing. Really? Church friends. Wow. Because she made the mistake of being like, my son has a show. And then oh. they watch it and they're like, yikes. <laughs> and then they don't talk to my weird mom anymore. I love my mom. But they oh, think wow. she's a weirdo and she has the weird son and all this stuff. Oh, that's so tough. But like, I think that's one of the reasons why initially my mom was like, why do you have to like do that dirty thing or whatever? But I don't really believe that they were like worried for my soul as much as it was like, we're in this group. Yeah. We belong to this group and this group likes these sorts of things. Can't you? And you were so close to being 
you know, country Carrie Underwood. <laughs> oh, I would have been making so much money if I had stayed in the church world. Are you serious? Is right it now? true? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like really? crazy. I mean when I got fired from that opening thing, like that was pretty good money. And then and at the time I was twenty one or I think I was twenty two. So like three and a half years ago now. And uh so not really that long ago, but I did last comic standing when I was twenty one and they were like, Can we film you performing at a church? And I even then I was like, I don't want to be a church comic. Like I really don't want to be portrayed that way. And they were like, oh, no, we're not going to. We just want to film you in a church, like talking about your background. And I said, oh, okay. And then they filmed me in the church and they said, can you just say these few stupid things? And I'm like, all right. And then that's all the things they used to build you as the, to Christian build me comic. As the church comic. So then yeah. for a year, I got a, a lot of church work. Yeah. So, and it was well-paying. Well-paying. Yeah. And, but I couldn't like, once I got fired from that opening, that was like the last thing I was doing. So I'm like, all right, it's 15 minutes. I can be clean for 15 minutes. It's like, you know, you're performing for 5,000 people. It's good money. Like, whatever. And then once I got fired from that, I had to tell my managers, like, hey, like, I don't I do not do churches anymore. And they would still say, like, well, they're going to pay you this much. And I'm like, ah, I, it doesn't matter. Don't ever bring it to me how much money it is. I remember like 50. <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah, but it was scary. It was a scary thing because I was like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, like, I mean, I had NACA. Like, NACA was the thing that let me go full time when mm. I was 21. So I was like, all right, well, I have the NACA thing and I don't have to be that clean. And maybe that'll just be the thing that replaces churches. And then see, this that's the example that helps it make sense to people. Yeah. Is like the restraints on being clean in a college, which most people complain about, were liberating to you. Yes. <laughs> Like you mean I can say my period? Yeah, which I, I can't noticed say they, bitch. You, it seemed like you weren't allowed to say period on one of the late night shows. Like you had to say time. of You the know month. why I said time of the month? Why? Because I wrote that joke while doing churches, and I couldn't say period in a church. See, and some and You're some ahead of the curve. Well, and some <laughs> some people were like, when I opened for that guy, he was like, they were like, don't don't do the period joke. And I was like, that joke's for church audiences. Like wow. that joke's about abstinence. It's yeah. about being scared. Like I'm, it's a joke about the right thing, like, yeah. you know? And they were like, no, don't do it. Like we don't want to, we don't want you to do it. So I was like, I okay. can't. Yeah. How did we get so fucked? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, the stage time that I got in churches, the like supportive audiences, the fact that I can write clean now, yeah. I mean, all those were... So, what a great way to start. Nobody's watching from the industry right. or whatever. This is Ray Charles, Jennifer Hudson. This yeah. is the, the Staples singers that we just interviewed. Uh, you learn the skill set in this very safe place. Yeah. I did too. The first place I did stand-up, youth group, and just kind of fucking around uh, while people are eating. And you're like, everyone's so nice, so they're laughing, and you sort of... And you learn how to work clean. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to like start that way and then like slowly infuse some of your uh whatever feelings more real or darker or dirtier feelings than to maybe learn it later yeah. so you learn it in those constraints yeah. i would say it's like howard stern when he was on like terrestrial radio had to learn how to be like super creative mm-hmm. and that makes him better as a satellite radio person where he can't say anything but he knows what it's like to play that like heightened game of like there's all these rules on what i can say right and exactly I think that makes him better yeah. And people say that to me now where they'll come up to me after shows where I think like by church comedy standards now, I'm my hour that I'm doing now is very raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> but by everybody else's standards, they come up to me after shows like guys my dad's age. And they're like, we really like that you're not super dirty. That's like, what I get too. That's yeah. the same exact experience. I think I'm going like, oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe I'm talking about 
texting sex things or something and people are like you're so clean that's what dirty clean means yeah is people are just like it was so clean and it was dirty to me yeah Yeah. you talk about it in such a like classy way like you talk about sex in like such a a tasteful way and i'm like okay i guess i mean i feel like i am just i feel like i'm whoring myself out in right. front of my family but aren't, don't you also i wonder i'm projecting onto you what i felt i'll tell you what i felt like it was this experiment after that conversation at the boston and i'm in new york and i'm seeing other people talk about female ejaculate and all this stuff mm-hmm. i was like well maybe i can let a little bit of who i really am out and the truth of who most people really are is a little bit dirty a little yeah. bit complicated potentially a little bit ugly or shallow or sarcastic or selfish or whatever your demons might be. And I would slowly share them. And I did that on this podcast too. And notice that like, I thought because of the church model that I was raised with, I would lose love Mm -hmm. for that. And then you actually ended up getting unconditional love from the, or, or, or honest appreciation, let's say. Was that your experiment where you're like, can I turn the volume up on this slowly? Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's what you're doing now. Yeah, it feels like it's sort of what I'm doing now. I mean, now I I do finally feel like I can talk about whatever I want on stage and there's not going to be any, I mean, to the point of like, but that's so recent. I mean, I moved in with my boyfriend like five months ago and... Into the sin apartments? Uh, into the sin apartments. <laughs> oh, you're living in sin. Yeah, that's so funny. But at the week after I moved in with him, I went on stage and I was like, I just moved in with my boyfriend. We live over in uh, Sin, which is what my dad no. calls Toluca Lake. Ah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we live over in uh, Sin. That is great. And uh, That's the great version of my dumb riff. <laughs> that's so good. And uh, But yeah, but I, I moved in with him and it was like for months, it was like... I had to explain to him because like his parents like love him unconditionally and everything. And your boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to be like, you got to understand like this could ruin my relationship with my parents. And so this is a big deal for me. I know it's not as big a deal. He's like, it's a big deal for me. I'm like, but not in the same way. Let's watch Mad Men to understand. (laughs) This is Peggy telling her mother that she's moving in. Yes. With Abe. Exactly. So I had to have, I mean, I had a long conversation with my dad where I was just like, I moved in with my boyfriend. I don't. It's a great decision. You like, did it after you did it. You I told did him it after. after. Yeah, because I didn't want to. I couldn't move in with. You have to be co- hot committed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to tell him this already happened. Yes. Isn't that funny? These yeah. powerful archetypes. You know well enough to be like, let's not even talk to him before I do it. Because yes. what if he does some weird thing or says some weird thing? Well, he'll say something. It'll get in my head right. and then it'll ruin it. It'll taint it. It'll taint it. You ruined yeah. Disneyland. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've been in Disneyland for a week. I know it's great here. So now I can tell him. And uh, it was tough. I mean, he said all the things I thought he would where he's like, well, I wish you hadn't done that. Like, you know, that's I think it's a mistake. It's not good for either of you. All these things. And he and I had to tell him like I'm not a Christian like I'm sorry I wish I was I've been trying for years I'm just not and he it was like a good conversation like I think we really understood each other but even now I feel like when I bring up my relationship I feel like he's waiting for it to fail so that he can go see I told you oh my god because he moved in I mean like, you know there's some bad Christian poem for dads <laughs> And I waited for her in the fields for my wet sheep to return to me. <laughs> waited for the prodigal daughter. Yeah, that's basically what I'm thinking that's of. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. My friend, my buddy, uh, Dustin Nickerson, who's a super funny comic uh, in San Diego, who like is st- who like really 
does like clubs and churches like very seamlessly uh he always says like well whenever i'm having a hard time like with the hollywood aspects of things he's like well you know you can always just uh decide to turn back to the lord and uh go on your prodigal daughter tour where you start with a clip of you like swearing on stage and then you come out with a head mic like that was me eight years (laughs) ago before (laughs) before the reckoning oh the reckoning tour Oh my God! Yeah. You can. And it's the return to churches. But I you mean, ha- you can do that. Oh, you know, when we were doing this season, I wrote so much Christian material; it hasn't aired yet, and it was so fun for me to write. Yeah, like I loved going into. <laughs> basically, the writers would find areas, and I was able to. A lot of it was written, but a lot of it was riffed. Like I just knew enough about the Bible to like kind of go on about it, and I yeah. knew what was like cheeky. Just the right amount of cheeky. Uh-huh. Um, what did I say? Oh, uh, it's King David needs to, to marry this guy's daughter. He's like, bring me a uh, hundred foreskins of your enemies. Uh-huh. And I go, and he's like, make it 200. This is true. It's in the story. Yeah. He goes, make it 200. And I go, he was feeling cocky. <laughs> and I was like, it's such a like, you can't. You can't. you can't. I didn't make it dirty. It's the Bible. Yeah. No, that's the only way that you can reference that's anything right. like that. And I totally saw guys do that where they do a course. foreskin joke, but it was about the Bible. That's right. So it's fine. Or they do a sex joke, but it's about their wife of that's 35 right. that's years. That's right. You know, so it's okay. Oh, and you had to really earn it. Like you had to do it for your audience. But it's this, it's, it's splitting your brain. It's yeah. like, it's who you are isn't enough. And you have to like the Mickey, you have to put on the Mickey Mouse outfit yeah. and go out and be like this. And that fucking will kill you. Yeah. But you, why do you, how did you figure it out so quickly? I don't understand what's going on with you. <laughs> like you should be. It's a good thing that you don't feel super 25, that you have the, like, you're able to speak directly to your dad and be like, I, you're saying what I thought you might say, mm-hmm. and that's really hard, and I wish I could be what I know you want, want me to be. That's usually 20 years of therapy that you can, like, get to that place. Mm. Like, I wonder what, what, I, it just must be your brain. Well, my mom died. I think that's a big part of it. Like, yeah, I think you grew up faster. I grew up faster. I went to therapy right afterward. I wasn't in therapy my whole childhood, but I wasn't part of it. Uh, I went to therapy in high school, which I asked for because I was very depressed. Mm. And then, like, you know, I'm in therapy now. Like, I've I've done a lot of therapy. And then also, yeah, when you lose a parent, you just grow. Do up you quicker. give your therapist advice? Or, <laughs> like, what is, I don't understand. Do they give you a refund? I don't get it. <laughs> But no, I mean, and I think there's a degree of like, I, I've talked to other people who lost parents young and they feel the same way. Um, that they grow up. That Well, that they grow up and that also you feel like you're going to die at the same age they did. So uh, I've always felt like, well, I'm going to be dead at 34. So I got to like, so I got to get to stuff around. quicker. Yeah. Like I can't, I'm not doing casual sex. Like I don't right. have time to do that. Like all my friends, like we're, I'm at a weird point now where like I'm 25, all my friends are like 25 to 30 mostly. And they're all getting to the point now where they're like, it's so crazy. I'm so boring now. I love it. And I'm like, bitch, I have been boring for fucking years. Yeah. Remember when you were shaming me for not drinking in college and now you're boring and it's so cute. Yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm so mad. Does that mean you're trying to be more wild now? No, I mean, I tr- like the wildest I got. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's what's frustrating is like alcoholism runs in both sides of my family that I have retained where I'm like, OK, I'm never going to touch alcohol because like I'm the type of person who would abuse it. See, even that is wise. You're, you're supposed know. to be stupid in some area <laughs> because I like know. I did that. Like a lot of Christians yeah. do that, especially when we lose our faiths. We're like, well, now bring on the Jaeger yeah. and I'm going to do all these things that can be depriving. 
Yeah. Let's just say not very fulfilling. They can be fun, but yeah. they they might not be the answers. But so many Christians, when we find what we were doing doesn't work, we do the opposite. Mm. And what I see you doing is striving for, dare I say, balance. <laughs> because you're right. Yeah. Like alcohol is not what you were – what you were robbed of was personal freedom. You know yeah. what I mean? Was like the freedom to be yourself. Mm. Not very well. Nobody stole it from you completely, obviously. Yeah. But like that's the field, the open field to run around in now. That's yeah. your joy. It's not in like, and now I smoke. <laughs> like, fuck you, you're only hurting yourself. Like yeah. there's better ways to have a rump springer. It doesn't have to be like a textbook like, and now I do speed. Like, come on, man. There's there's more joy to be found in just being a full yourself thing. Right, exactly. And again, it's like what we're talking about with the the jokes we do now of feeling like, oh, this is so raunchy. Like for me, having a serious relationship with an atheist where I didn't feel bad about him going down on me yeah. was like, that was me going wild, you yes. know? <laughs> that was me being crazy. Buddy, that, my book is so embarrassingly about jerking off because of so, <laughs> that's what sex and shame and being out of God's favor was because yeah. I couldn't write. I've said this many times, but I was like, I wasn't tempted to steal or lie or cheat. Yeah. I was just horny. Yeah. And then like I bought the playboy that I used to hide in my bedroom and I put, I've told the story a million times and I put it on my coffee table. It was just a way of being like, that was me being like, fuck it. I like <laughs> looking at these titties. Yeah. And that was my wildness, which is the tamest day any of my friends had ever had. Yeah. You know, so I'm totally there with you. Yeah. But just experiencing the freedom, like your boyfriend's an atheist and not feeling terrible about right, him exactly. and, and that. Yeah. And my partner now, I mean, he's not like, he's not anything. I mean, he's has like very spiritual parents who are kind of open to whatever. Mm -hmm. Like his dad has a really cool job working with like a nonprofit that promotes like religious peace. It's very cool. <laughs> and uh, he like, he just never thought about it. And the more I dated people who were like, yeah, I just never thought about it. Or I just, you know, I know we die and it's, we'll get there when we get there. And I'm like, but my whole life was about dying. Yeah. Like my whole childhood was people telling me I was going to die and I better like make sure all my ducks are in a row and like make sure you don't have sex too soon and make sure you're not in I mean, my dad took my college boyfriend out to dinner once to tell him that I would try to have sex with him and he should be careful. <laughs> he was like protecting my boyfriend's virtue. <laughs> And yours. And mine, but like she coming at it. She can't do it without you, buddy. <laughs> but he was like coming at it as like a he, someone who had been a young Christian man who had been like tempted. He was like, hey, buddy, my daughter's going to try to pull something probably because that's how that's women what are. women are. Yeah. You're the enemy. I know. Isn't you're the, crazy? you're the, what, there's some Christian word for it, but I mean Harlot? like. Harlot? Yeah, maybe. Harpy? Whore of Babylon. Whore of Babylon. That's what it was. <laughs> Friend of Jesus? Is that what you meant? He took your boyfriend to dinner to warn him and sort of thereby, he went like undercover. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. He went into the other side and was like, hey, just so you know, there's going to be an attack in two days. Yeah. I know I'm on her side, kind of. Yeah. But really, I don't want you to, you Yeah. Know, torpedo her exactly oh, oh that was <laughs> that is nuts yeah so now your boyfriend your boyfriend now is the like the open spiritual yeah person. yeah very open and when you talk to your dad about like and you say like i'm sorry i'm not the person you want me to be mm -hmm. is he softening i can't i don't know i don't know how much of it is him accepting it i think it's more so he's just hoping that i realize i'm wrong I think you think so. He says stuff like that to us sometimes, where he's like, "You'll realize, you'll get." Like he just, 
He really. We get a light at 90. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> it wasn't a reaction to my story, everybody. That oh, was, no, that was, that was me looking at Katie going, it's been 90 minutes. <laughs> I use this blaspheme very deliberately. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't believe it's been 90 minutes. I've been so enraptured. This is incredible. I hope you're writing all this stuff down somewhere. Oh, that's, I mean, it's well, this is coming out, right? I can just listen back. Yeah, okay, you can. Great. All right, great. This is the Lazy this Man's is, Journal. This <laughs> It this is. is public, right? Yeah. No, you have the. It's such a great story. But um, I wonder, now we're just two friends talking, like, do you think he could be convinced? My parents got it. The more success I had, the more they sort of laid down their arms. Now they mm. seem more on team Pete. It's not about money or anything. It's just like I, something Conan told me is like, there's this wall of noise right Mm -hmm. and all you do is you bang your little uh your what's that called triangle Mm -hmm. and you just make the same tone over and over and over (laughs) he was talking about trying to be successful (coughs) excuse me in show business and he was like just be consistent and do it a long time and and even though there's all this noise someone will eventually go like i've heard that triangle dinging for many years now let's go check that out because you just like consistently work at it and there's something about that with my parents. What, like at a certain point, I was like, "Look, I like sex jokes and I like swearing a lot. I love swearing, and like I just kept doing it. And slowly, they sort of got the message through repetition. Mm. It was, and it seems like you're already doing that now. So maybe slowly he'll crumble. I mean, you're I both know. waiting for the other to crumble. I think That's we are. A dumb thing I think we're do. both waiting. But I mean, well, what do you do with crashing? Do your parents watch it, or did you say this isn't for you? No, they watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I did say, I was like, you're only allowed to tell me it's great. Oh, really? Yeah. So you don't know I, <laughs> if they like it? That's a funny way to put it. <laughs> I think by putting up that boundary, I think they did start to just like it. I mean... Okay. Like, I, I to relate to you, I, I did send the chapters that were about my parents to my mom. Mm-hmm. Not my dad, but just to my mom. <laughs> I was just like, just read them and see if I got yeah. anything wrong or whatever. So there's still some... Like me trying to please them or whatever, but like. But if they had come back and been like, "This offended me," would you have taken it out? If they had said, "This isn't true," I okay. would have taken it out. Yeah, because you're writing different. about your childhood, and you're like, "Is that was that right?" Yeah. Did you guys fight every single night, or <laughs> is it just every other? I can. Because <laughs> that's what I wrote. I said it was every night. Because that's what it seemed like, and she's like, "No, it was every night." I was like, oh, good. I should be funnier. <laughs> um. But I wonder what's going to happen. It's very interesting. But let's let's talk a little bit about because it's been so heavy, um, and you're such a great comic, and you've had all this. Um, I don't mean success in that. Like, how do you get that? I just mean like <laughs> you're successfully finding your voice. I was curious after opening for Nazareth, what what happened? Because I really well, watch you. I don't want to be overly complimentary because there's almost like a. Why am I so surprised? Like, am I being ageist <laughs> no, that's or very sexist? Nice. I'm just like I'm surprised. <laughs> Every day I'm like, you're wow, so- you're not bad. <laughs> I watch and I go, what's going on here? <laughs> Obviously, you did grow up faster. The tragedy mm-hmm. of your mother put you in a in like a, an advanced program for figuring yourself out mm-hmm. and having a need to express yourself and figure yourself out. Um, I hope I'm not forcing it in a way of knowing yourself that yeah. maybe was. Not as easy as people that could just be like, Mom, what was I like? Or whatever it is that I was doing. <laughs> but what happened after you opened for Nazareth, just in, in order, that led to things like Conan and The Tonight Show and The 15? Well, um, so 
that was probably like 16 to 18. When I was 18, I was scared of doing clubs. So I was like, maybe I'm just going to do church. Maybe I'm just a church comic. So funny? I went to a show at the Ice House that had Eddie Pepitone, uh, Maria Bamford, and Mark Marin on it. <laughs> and I made two of my high school friends go with me. And I said, I have to go see a comedy club to see like, you know, what all the fuss is about. Because I was listening to these podcasts and I'm like, all right, I got to know. Good for you. You just wanted to see. I just wanted to see. And I was hoping I wouldn't like it. I think on some level. I was hoping I'd go in and be like, I don't like this. This doesn't sound great. And then I could just go back to churches where it was safe and become Shonda Pierce. This is season three of Crashing, by the way. (laughs) Is it really? I go on the Christian tour and it's so nice that I sort of want to find a way to stay. But I did it backwards. Yeah, you did. Where I went on the Christian tour first. And then then I went to club. I hope I hate. I was like, I hope this is gross. Yeah. I so, hoped I hated the Christian thing, but it was so nice yeah. in, in, in the show. Oh, okay, I'm so excited going. for that. Yeah. Okay. So, because uh, I'm all caught up and I've been waiting for the Christian it. stuff. So then I went to this show and it was like, it was like the most magical thing ever. I was like, oh my God, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to sound. This is how comedy albums sound to me. There's low ceilings. I sat in the back and I was really quiet the whole time. And then afterward, I was just like, okay, well, I have to do that. So then... You just loved it. I just loved it so I mean, much. what a lineup. Yeah. Oh, my and God. I these know. these are the three of the freest people. That's yes. what I'm saying. It's not cigarettes and booze. It's freedom. Yeah. And you don't even... I would even say you don't want Jesus or Krishna or any of these things as much as you want liberation. You want to be freed by something. Mm-hmm. And you're being freed by watching these three free motherfuckers just kill it. And be themselves. What a great show for you to pick. Yeah. Well, because I was listening to WTF all the time. Maria Bamford's been my favorite comic forever. I didn't yeah. know Eddie Pepitone was going to be on the show, but it was just like, just incredible. And so from there, I mean, I was going to college up until I was 20 uh, when I had to. I, I didn't drop out until I got NACA. So I did NACA. I booked like 50 colleges. How did you get into NACA, though? Because somebody has to submit you, right? Yeah. Um, a college agent, Barb at Flappers, was my college agent. She, the same woman who spilled the beans on Don't Be a Dick. <laughs> Don't the be video a... where you said Oh, yeah. Be a Seriously, dick. yeah, exactly. So she made up for that. Yeah. So someone at the club said, I want to submit you for NACA. Yeah, they saw me at the San Diego Comedy Festival. And this is exciting. What's yeah. going to happen? <laughs> She came up to me afterward, and I was 20. And by that point, I had been doing clubs in San Diego probably from the time I was like 18 and a half. So only like a year and a half. And I wasn't doing it super consistently, like maybe once, twice a week. Um, maybe not even that much sometimes because I was in school. I was working. Uh, and she came up to me, gave me a card, and was like, you should do colleges. You'd be great for colleges. And said – verbatim like what uh tilda swinton says to amy schumer in a train wreck where she goes uh you're not gorgeous you're approachable (laughs) exactly what she said to me she's like you're great because you're like you're cute but you're not like you know she's like you're fine like basically it was she's like it'll be nice and relatable (laughs) and i I wish someone had said that to me really (laughs) (laughs) just because it would have been honest it would have been like you're not gorgeous you're every man (laughs) Like, because uh, it's stupid. I do not defend what they said. That's a <laughs> fucked up thing to say. But uh, go on. No, but that's show. But I mean, that's how everyone is. It's totally fine. It didn't even bother me that much. But I was just like, oh, that's an interesting way to kind of pitch yourself to rep me. Um, <laughs> but she was right. I mean, I did. And I didn't email her for a couple months. And then that same person who told me to, like, you know, kind of 
get out there and get up more was like you're vegan no, mortensen yeah he's like you should do naca like people because I, I didn't know what it was he's like people like make a living off of naca yeah and i was like oh okay so i submitted for naca i got like four of the conferences and then, i am like, jumping into the deep end of the best pool right now <laughs> i'm just so excited for you right now um and that's in the I'm, past yeah in the I'm past excited so past exciting you. so that was me at 20 I go into, so you got into four conferences. I got into four conferences. So Barbara at Flappers is now repping you, which means she's for college. She's going to yeah. make ten percent of your or, or twenty. She takes twenty, yeah. Oh, thank you, and, Barb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she, she's <laughs> which I've heard her. twenty. I've heard before. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know why I felt the need to make that accurate. I'm like, actually, it's twenty. It's funnier uh, to say it's twenty. <laughs> it is funnier. Uh, so she, yeah, we, I go to all these conferences. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I book like fifty colleges, and because I did well and I was fairly cheap, so. I'm looking at my schedule for the spring. Under a grand? Uh, some of over. them a grand. It's like yeah. probably like seven fifty to eleven hundred. So f- that was my rate too. Was it too when you was, started? Was a group? If it was a cluster, it was like seven fifty or something. Yes. Like if they were to get near each other. Yes. Which I sometimes guess. near was like eight hour drive in the snow. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God! You just brought me back to Appleton, Wisconsin, and I'm skidding to get to a Valentine's Day show. Oh, I had to cancel a few shows because I was like, "Oh, I'm sliding off the road. I just yeah. have to stop at the next yeah. hotel I see." Yeah. Um, I would have I, loved to do a season of Crashing that was just that, but we literally the don't NACA have the episode was great. Oh, I appreciate it. It was so spot on. <laughs> oh, thank it you. was because I watched it like, thinking like, "How could they have captured how weird this thing is?" <laughs> and it was exactly what it's like. I'm so happy. Oh, that yeah. was my like love letter to my. People people are species i was like yeah. just so you guys know this is what knack is like yes. especially jamie's experience standing there and not booking anything yes. is so much more interesting and that happened to me too i had oh, both really? i had the good knackas and the bad knackas oh. so like but the pain of standing in a booth next to a hypnotist yeah. and like a woman with cat face paint and you're just like fuck the cat face paint woman just booked her whole year oh it was my it was the worst part for me i think it's hard for me to stand outside after shows at clubs because, because it reminds of me of neck yeah because <laughs> it was yeah it's so vulnerable but i booked all these colleges and i was looking at how many uh like 50 that's good for spring yeah and i was like <laughs> it's december i've already taken off the summer and the fall semester of college. And yeah. I have like a year, maybe a year and a half left. And I was like, how can I keep going to college? And also do, I was like trying to keep my job, like as a receptionist, like I was trying to be responsible about it. And then I finally looked at it and I was like, you're going to be gone for three weeks at a time. You yeah. literally cannot Can't. do any of this stuff. Yeah. So I went on the road. I do all these colleges. My first week into doing colleges, um, I was in Massachusetts. I had like, two days i had i had a show sunday saturday sunday then i had monday tuesday off then i had wednesday thursday friday saturday and like you know it's not worth it to go home so you're just gonna stay out there and i get an email from somebody at last comic standing who's like hey do you want to come audition at the hollywood improv on tuesday because of barb no because of youtube Get the just, fuck out YouTube of YouTube has face. done so much for it. Like, Brian Regan has me open for him occasionally, and it's because of I YouTube. just got the chills. Brian Regan has you open for him? Yeah, occasionally. I and am I, thrilled. It took me, like, three three weekends with him before I was like, how did you... How did this... Where did you see... And he's like, oh, I was just YouTubing, and I just thought you were funny. Oh, you, you know? finally got the nerve to ask Yeah, because I was like... I was just YouTubing? Yeah, I'm like, who are you? I was just YouTubing. I'm like, you're the biggest comic ever and you're just youtubing a lot of hours in the day 
just a lot the, of hours. So I've got to click nice a lot of links. Click a link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, love Brian Regan. Oh, he's the greatest. You see his person. albums right about. I your know. Head. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's the best. Framed person. on the wall, Brian. You might hear this. I <laughs> yeah. occasionally get a message for Brian that he likes something. Yeah. He. Oh, he's he's the best. He's the greatest. And he's a great episode of this podcast. I don't know if you heard it. I did. Yeah. Of course. He Had did a, my podcast, and we were like. You will like he get was, out. Yeah, he was so. And the whole time he's like, "Thank you for having me." I'm like, he "Are you kidding?" Is pure as the driven snow. He's incredible. I can't get over him. I love him so much. Yeah, he's amazing. So, so okay. So last comic standing producer, whatever emails me just from YouTube. Just from YouTube, and I was like, "Okay, I got to fly back. It's a super expensive flight because it's like the next day." So I ended up flying in. You know, getting picked up from the airport, going to the improv. L.A. improv. Yeah, and then You're auditioning. Like, Can you do this in New York? I mean, it would have been. A lot <laughs> I know, easier. right? Would have been closer. Uh, went up, did three minutes, left, and went straight back to the airport to go back and do college. And then a few days later, like days, like a few days, they were like, "Oh yeah, do you want to come be on the show?" And so then I got that. I think I had to cancel some colleges. Uh, I forget when we filmed it, but I did that. It came out that July, and that's right around the time I moved to LA. And then I was in L.A. for I did like Adam Devine's house party on Comedy Central. I did some other things and um, was there for two years. And then I was like kind of hitting a wall with L.A. where I was like, man, why do I need to be here? I'm on the road all the time anyway. So then I moved to Orange County. I moved in with my sisters who are in college and i was like i'm gonna live with people who love me for a little while (laughs) did that for like a year and a half and that year and a half is when like everything happened which it was like this is so this would have been two years ago now that i moved in with them and as soon as i moved in like the week i moved i was filming a show on mtv like while i was moving so i had to be in la every day uh i got conan finally which i had wanted for you know years or whatever yeah i got just for laughs i got uh, a development deal at abc like everything just everything happened wow. as soon as i moved away as soon as i was like fuck you la they were like but do you want all the stuff you always wanted wow and that kind of like that just started everything where like i got the development deal that same winter was like you know do you want to do the netflix 15 or do you want to do the comedy central half hour and i was like i mean obviously i want to do netflix and did the tonight show like just everything was kind of wow yeah so and this is like the first year that i felt and no year has been bad for me but every year i'm kind of like well maybe this is the year everything goes to shit and this is the first year where i'm like okay i'm booked out with headlining dates through the end of the year like i'm i think i'm a comedian now i think like been to montreal twice like it's crazy how many things you have to like accumulate before you're like okay I think I have the things that I thought would make me feel whole. Right. So I must be whole. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Be whole. <laughs> <laughs> that is. So to s- summarize, you got all this stuff from being good. <laughs> I don't Isn't know. I mean, fun? part of it is being young. Part of it is probably being young and like being like being good when you're young. I mean, I've said this on radio before where I'm like, it's kind of like being a dog that can skateboard. Like, you're not a good <laughs> skateboarder. You're just like, but, yeah, but a dog? Not true. Now I, I when better. I booked you, I struggle to find, uh, I love, it's weird to say that I love having women on the podcast, but I do. I love, it's always dudes. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love having dudes too. So I'm always looking for women. Ron's like, this person's great. I didn't know you were young. And then I watched you and I still didn't know you were, obviously you look very young, but I didn't know like that wasn't how you were sold to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're just, but you are good. Like you could be 
35 doing that same set on Conan that still book you, that still think you were amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, you got that role that's very difficult to get. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see on the next one. I'm I'm always just very aware of I don't I don't <laughs> the most know. comedian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we'll see if I can do it again. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like I'm very uh I'm very sensitive to how other people in my class maybe I understand. Say, you know, you get the sense from people that they're like, Well, you just got it because of this, which they would never say to you right. because this is Los Angeles. But you do feel like people are thinking that people or did saying, that with Aziz when we were coming up it was like well yeah. he's Indian and he's 22 you know yeah. and but okay. like bullshit you know he was doing yeah. great on stage and then you're doing the same thing but you're right to have some sort of way to package it so you're not just like sorry bitches I yeah. guess I'm <laughs> very good but I'll say it you're just very good and that's that's one of the great things about stand-up is like fucking YouTube got you opening for Brian Regan yeah that's the crazy big yellow one it's the sun <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> and last comic, and you flew, you're schlepping, you're canceling gigs because you're going to die. It's the real shit. It's kind of crazy how the tra- the tragedy is so sad about your mom, but clearly you alchemized it. Like That's like the point of life, as far as mm-hmm. I can see, is taking something like that that was obviously so painful, and, and, and it is still painful, and using it as like a crude fuel, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's Somet- very helpful. I mean, because you know who you can never impress? Yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, like, I hear Seinfeld still talking about the idea of what a comedian is supposed to be. So we're all looking for these weird ways to make something that will make the rocket ship go. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to belittle your mother's passing into just that but it's clear that you've instead of being debilitated by it so all of that fuel could have just spread out and become a lagoon that you sat by like a like Gollum and just being like (laughs) and just like just gave up you know what I mean and you had all these opportunities to like maybe not give up but give in Mm -hmm. and instead you were like I'm gonna roll with this and, and you're gonna like Fucking stand up to the to the patriarch of your life, <laughs> and and stand up to your fears of clubs and like those moments where you're like, I'm gonna go to the club. I'm just gonna watch. That's like that's going into the cave, going into the dark cave with the flickering candelabra. It should have been a torch. It was a cave <laughs> on a fancy property. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah. deserve some credit there. That's really really cool. Um, and then I wonder if there's anything you can share about your process. You write deliberately or are you i mean if you already have an hour that you're headlining and you did a 15 and you have these two or three late night sets two two two. so you have all these like really great sets you're clearly prolific and what is your approach i don't know i i I don't know what prolific is because i feel like there are some people who are truly like they have a new third. Like, there's this guy, also a San Diego comic, uh, Zoltan Cassis, who's hysterical. If you don't want to tell us his real name, that's don't, his don't real name. Make up Zoltan. <laughs> you mean the <laughs> one that turned that kid into Tom Hanks? <laughs> that's Zoltar. I oh, think. I'm sorry. Um, Why do you get, get these right. references? You're half my age. <laughs> have he, your own movies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good example of somebody, like, when I was coming up, I'm like, he has a new, and to this day, he has a new, like, 30 minutes. Like every time I see him, he's just like, oh, like to me, that's prolific and I'm not at that level. So I feel like there's always someone else you can point to and go like, well, I, I'm not that good or I'm not that prolific yet. So right. I don't feel that way. Um, I hope I'm prolific. I mean, I try 
I try to write as much as possible and I, I do try to be deliberate about it, especially now that it's my job. Like once it became my full-time job, I was like, oh, you need to be doing this like you were doing homework a few months ago. Interesting. Like you have to like you sit down. You still have and, that in you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I go to like a coffee shop and sit down and stare at a cup and yeah. <laughs> get down three things maybe I like. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I have a desk now at our apartment like by a window and I'm like, this is perfect, you know, where you can kind of feel like you did something where sometimes I started recently i started going back through like really old notebooks and just like trying, trying to look to for them. yeah just trying like oh, are there any like that's nuggets funny. that's this is my old notebook oh really yeah have you been going through it or no is it just it's out? terrible do you want to hear one? Oh wow I yeah I how long ago was this 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 is real old i this mean is this definitely... is it's a three ring binder for anyone who's listening well, this that's how all... old it is this was so i would write my set the comics this club is closed i would uh Write my sets on uh, paper that had holes in it. Through uh-huh. I'm so tired. <laughs> Our baby was not no cooperating, um, so I could put them in this binder. This is that. This is what made me think of it with homework. Like this was me being like, take it serious. <laughs> Some of these jokes made it to air. Uh, boysen, boysenberry. It's weird that there's a berry called boysenberry. <laughs> it's so close to poisonberry. Look, this is typed up. Typed that up. means you found a three hole punch. Yeah, that piece of paper. That's true, and these are the things that repair them. Oh, what are these called? wow! Yeah, you know I don't what I'm know talking what they're about. Called. Do you want to hear? Getting yeah. ready in the morning. I don't. Is know that all it is. was? This is what it says. Four. Getting ready in the morning. <laughs> On the weekends, when we get up. Oh, this is my girlfriend. When we get up at the same time, my girlfriend has a very warped sense of how long it takes me to get ready. It takes her. This is not good. <laughs> It takes her a long time to get ready, so she assumes it's going to take me a long time. So I'll be in bed. She gets out of the shower like, you better get your pants on, meester. <laughs> Did and you then, write it out, meester? Yep, meester. And then blow dries her hair for 45 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's a real thing. It's a real I thing. I related to that. I made Val laugh so hard the other day where I go, you know an old Jewish man wrote Beyonce's songs? I don't really believe that, but like, there's a theory that like, you know, like, think tanks write her songs yeah. i was like you can tell an old jewish man wrote his uh fiance's music because it's like it took uh how long does it take to get ready 45 minutes it took 45 minutes to get all dressed up and we're not even gonna make it to the club 45 minutes beyonce does not look 45 minutes to get ready that's an insult to beyonce that is an insult frankly. that was clearly a man wrote that song can i ask you a question is yeah, that okay sure because you mentioned your baby yeah so you have a baby clearly you're almost 40 but you have no this uh, is almost 40 yes but you have no timer on when you can have babies so yeah obviously you have more wiggle room but i'm in a spot now where i'm like oh man i like need to have babies not necessarily right now not right now but like i need to have them at some point you want to have babies yeah and it messes with me when i see one like i can't see a baby because it'll like Uh, i was scared i was gonna see see oh you don't want to see a baby i do want to see the baby but it will when you came in i was feeding the baby you were and it was i thought your baby was sleeping i was trying to be really quiet well she was sleeping in my arms it's called dream feeding get ready Hold on, I'm lactating. It's, um, <laughs> I, it's so, it's been so difficult. Like I've I've talked about it on stage sometimes where, and it doesn't work when I just go, I don't think you guys realize like, this is great. Everything's going well for me. All I want to do is give up and have a baby right now. That's all so I want to do. And I used to think I felt that way because I just wanted to like rest. I'm mm. like, you just need time off and a baby would let you stay home. But I like really want a baby. And I'm wondering how long you felt that way. 
And if Which it way? was like that you wanted a baby, that you were ready for it, that you oh. wanted a family and that your career was in a place where you like well, did you, did you feel it? it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really there was so much childishness, not in a bad way, that mm-hmm. I had to get out of my own system. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about all these things that you wanted to do before. So when I got married the first time, I had done nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was so weird about my wife taking her pill. It was like really? embarrassingly, like I was always reminding her to take her pill, which, you know, looking back, it's like, you know, it's a little weird that your husband is like so adamant that you not get pregnant. I, I guess yeah. it's responsible, but it was a little dysfunctional how much I wanted yeah. her to remember her pill. Yeah. Um, because I knew I really, really was a long way from being ready to have a, a baby. And then when I met Val, I already was on, I had the, the Pete Holmes show was airing when I met her. And that's when I started to feel like, okay, I think I'm through some sort of membrane of my own satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to have kids. And I always wanted to have a family, like a wife and kids, uh, you know, a family. And, um, you know, that's one way <laughs> to have a family. Um, so it, it did, I had to get to a point where I met, I rang my own bell. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I guess what I'm saying is you'll know. And it yeah. seems like you're already doing that when you're like, oh, now I can call myself a comedian. Then this, in the same way, you'll go like, now I think I'm ready to like, is the is the house of cards structured well enough that I can put a plate with a sandwich on it? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what a family is. It's a plate with a sandwich on it. <laughs> and comedy is a house of cards. <laughs> I was like, okay, even if it falls over this section, I'll still have this section. You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah. there is that, like, you're like, well, I have the podcast, and then I have my writing thing, and then you're always, like, diversifying, and there's that sort of, like, you want to be secure financially, but you right. also want to feel like you did, like, I did enough of my, like, selfish, just me time. Right. And I had, like, a good three decade, three three decades and three years of that, of just me. Yeah. So I was, like, 33 when I met Val. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm feeling right now. Cause I never had that like wild period that we were talking about, Yeah, but I, I do still feel a sense of like, I think I'm embarrassed about being inexperienced in some ways, which is maybe another reason I overcompensate and try to be more mature or yeah. whatever. Um, like I've run into, I was talking to my boyfriend about this the other day where I was like, I was like, I kind of don't want to go places you've already been with you for my first time. Like, you know, his parents like took him to Italy during the summer growing yeah. up Yeah. And I'm like, I, I think I have to go to Italy alone the first time, yeah. you know, but I don't know if that's just petty. That's just a petty thing or insecurity or if it's just me knowing that I need to have certain experiences for myself. I totally get it. You get it? Okay. Absolutely. I, and I think you should honor those feelings. Like mm-hmm. the human, what's going on inside of us is so complicated. And if you get like messages from your subconscious that are like, I think that would be valuable. Mm-hmm experiment and see if that's right you know yeah. what i mean and i i think he should you know hopefully he is understanding if you're like i think i always just say psychologically i think that would just be psychologically beneficial to mm. me to go and do that alone especially as people like us that were so sheltered there are those things that you want to do and like get out of the way i'm reading this book called shameless have you heard of that book Mm-mm. it's by uh her name is nadia i always forget her because she has a hyphenated last name but she's going to do the podcast and it's about christian sex shame and i know you're not just talking about sex but there's something about like that repression needs to be yeah dealt with it needs to be reconciled because we're all like taught 
a lot of shame. And we were also taught like it was supposed to be a certain way and all these things. You should just read it. I can't. Yeah, I can't summarize no, the I book. definitely am it's going very, to. very, very good. Um, but you want to have a, a baby at some point. It's exciting. Yeah. But you have at least 10 years. At That's least. true. Before I like have to. I mean, there was yeah. an Adam's Ruin. Uh, Adam ruins everything about this. You oh, really? Look it up. Yeah. Oh, that it's like bullshit about That it's the... bullshit about your eggs. Uh, really? Your expiration date. Oh, that's because nice. Because I can't summarize it, but it's something about like over, let's say, the age of 38, your risk does double uh, for like a, a miscarriage or something like that or whatever it is that we're worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doubles from 0.01% to 0.02%. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's like, oh. technically it does double, but like, and then he visually shows you what they're talking about. You should watch oh, it. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch Adam Ruins Pregnancy. That's good to know. We watched it because um, I hope Val wouldn't mind. I'll ask her and we'll take it out. Um, she struggled with breastfeeding mm-hmm. and we watched his Adam Ruins Pregnancy and we were just both crying like oh, openly wow. crying because he talks about like what a fallacy it is that everybody needs to breastfeed and like if right. it doesn't work this way like it means this and this and this and and he just and he breaks down the feeling that you have to get pregnant before a certain age it's a oh, wonderful that's show really helpful it's an amazing show yeah it's i'm incredible. definitely gonna check that out and shameless i can't summarize it too tired but very good book <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna check that out for sure because there's still some of that in there but if there's anything that like you think would give you that very necessary feeling of liberty and mm-hmm. uh something that you do for just for you mm-hmm. that maybe you were uh inhibited to do mm. in your youth then you should do it especially if it's not harmful going to italy by yourself right, or with a girlfriend or, or whatever or a good guy it doesn't matter yeah do it if that makes you feel more whole yeah yeah okay i'm gonna do it <laughs> I just needed the permission. No, I, I sure don't want to sound like I'm giving you permission, but that is no, my, I did. I needed the permission from a fellow brother in Christ. <laughs> I've gotten permission from other people, but they're heathens. That's right. And uh, <laughs> what do they matter? They don't. They don't matter. No, they do matter. Just they, they we, don't matter. <laughs> what is what, you know? What is heaven without hell? And what is what is salvation without condemnation? At least knowing that some people are really getting the screws put to them. <laughs> That's what you do in heaven. You just watch all the people well, you that... told. So I read Love Wins. Have you read Love Wins? I haven't read Love Wins. I'm going to, if you want, you can have my copy of Love Wins. It's such a good book. And in it, there's like five Bill Burr premises in it. Really? In the beginning. It's such a great book. Oh, wow. And Bill Burr had that bit about like, so I'm in heaven and I just know my cousin Jim isn't here. Like, yeah. wouldn't that like ruin heaven for me knowing? <laughs> and that's one of the points that Rob brings up in the book. He has all these really funny, they're like stand-up routines about how absurd our understanding of, of heaven and hell is. Mm. It's really, really interesting. And when I, I gave it to Bill, I don't think he liked it. Because <laughs> he was like, it's just some guy. Like, he, was, he just can't yeah. get over, like, why would this guy know anything that I don't know? Yeah, that Which is, is actually kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I I really remember what I remember seeing that Bill Burbitt and being like, oh my god, that is just a guy. He's it not, is just a guy. He's just a dude. He's got, he plays soccer. Yeah, that's one of his. He examples. wanted to act, yeah. and he did it. When you, oh my god, that was on the show where you where your mom goes, uh, our yeah, pastor our pastor did some, some acting because our pastor I think had been into acting. Our pastor right? did do some acting, really, and you can tell. I actually think our pastor is really talented and a good uh, preacher and everything. Well, it is, it is kind of to, it's performing. It is in yeah. the same way that being a school teacher is show business, yes. which is in that Steve Martin book. Um, what do you what do you believe now? Is probably 
you don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, sometimes I get really panicked about it because I miss the certainty. And I miss the even when I was doubting, feeling like, well, at least I'm doubting, but it's a doubt. And I know that. And right. I'm going to get over it and I'll, I'll go back to knowing what it was. Right. And that's the part I really miss about it. Like, that's part of why when I go to church, it bums me out because I look at all these people who have something that I can't, who are, who are putting on a sweater I can't fit into anymore. Yeah. Like, that's really tough for me. But now I'm I'm really am trying to get to a place where I'm like accepting of the fact that I'm going to die and I don't know what happens and it's okay. Mm. Um, we had a woman named Alua Arthur on our podcast and she's a death doula mm. where she like helps people, you know, who are yeah. at the end of their life and kind of transition. And she was just talking about, you know, really like looking death in the face. And like you were saying, everybody is in such denial about it all the time, which makes it all the more frightening. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been trying to kind of face that reality head on and be present in a way that isn't like that isn't coming from a place of panic like oh my god okay i have to be really present right now because this is this is the good part of life and it'll be over in a second like just kind of trying to appreciate it for what it is and like you said framing death as this adventure right you know of like i i try to do like morning pages in the morning uh and something i wrote down that i've tried i've been trying to write down daily to kind of get myself into that mindset is like i'm really excited to find out what happens when we die yeah so that you're just like oh it's a cool thing it's an adventure that we get to do it's a thing yeah i one time i was very manic and i i wrote an email to myself uh to Valerie, actually, this is kind of, it sounds kind of weird, but she's used to it. <laughs> and I, I said, read this at my funeral. And it was, can't, can you believe that I know? Like, aren't you jealous? Like you guys oh, are over wow. there going, what happens? And I know, don't be sad yeah. for me. I'm sad for you. <laughs> I'm over here going like, they have no fucking idea. Cause one thing is for fucking sure. It's crazier just like life is crazier than anything you could have imagined. Yeah. Whatever happens after this, which I, uh, there's a Terrence McKenna quote where he's like, God or the mystery is not only um, crazier than we suppose, it's crazier than we can suppose. Mm. Like you're just not able. That's why hallucinogens were so helpful to me. It gave me an experience that was like, oh, you just can't even talk about that. It's not even worth talking about. Mm. Like it's a waste of time to sort of talk. Like I said to somebody like, writing a book about God or trying to write about mushrooms or whatever is like trying to write poetry on a calculator. The mm-hmm. best you can do is boobs. <laughs> like you're, just, <laughs> you're just like, that's all I got. That's all it is. And there's something so liberating and, and informative about death where you're just like, we don't know, but like what a fucking exciting prospect. Yeah. And everybody does it. And how are you going to do it? Yeah. I was talking to Ryan holiday about that. It's like it happened. This is something that happens to all of us. But what we can control is how we interpret and how we sort of negotiate how it's happening to us. So I think there's something valuable about thinking about it and trying to, all of mysticism is about learning to die before you die. Mm-hmm. So like laying down your ego and, and kind of zooming out on the whole game a little bit. So when you're dying, it's not your first taste of going, oh, it was all kind of nonsense, yeah. you know, like, or, or it was all play or it was all beautiful, but like having that zoomed out thing. So it's not your first time feeling those types of things when you're dying Mm. but you know these are these are heavy ideas (laughs) you but are you don't think anything you're not sure i have no idea i feel like it's all just the same amount of likely like that there would be anything that there would be nothing it's like that's all 
Well, that's what Penn, Penn Gillette was saying. It's, in, it's infinite possibilities. It's like, yeah. I'm not saying there's no heaven or there's no hell. I'm saying there's infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. And when you think about like this, sometimes I've been tripping out on the idea of infinity. I'm such a high school freshman. <laughs> but it's just like, okay, there's this. There's, it's what Muji, this great saint on YouTube, he's awesome, talks about thisness. Or, or isness, he calls it. So there's isness, and we're all in isness. We're all a piece of isness. And he goes, Is there a boundary beyond which isness is not? Mm. And that's basically just a way to get you to contemplate infinity. Mm. And when you think about infinity, if you're like, If it's infinite, there's room for fucking everything. Mm. There's room for a universe where this is happening, and the only difference is Katie is wearing a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't there be room for that? Yeah. Of course, there, it's infinite. And that is fucking crazy. So we need to have a little bit of that, like, respect and humility in the face of this. Instead of, when you say, you were talking about, like, you feel like your dad's views deserve to be mocked. I sometimes feel that way when I talk about the church. That sweater that doesn't fit you anymore. I look back and go, did it fit? Mm. Or was it just a bunch of emperor's new clothes where we're all just assuring each other that our sweaters fit? Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Because when I was there, like, there was still something itchy. I was just ignoring it. I was, like, suppressing it and putting it deep in my subconscious or just to the left. So I wouldn't – and I'd just be like, is my sweater great? And it would all just sort of, like – but it was our way of coping with a lot of panic. You know what I mean? That God didn't save my pastor's daughter. You know what I mean? And that's fucking too scary. So we would – wash our sweaters? I don't know what we would do. Yeah. But having having a a, a faith or an understanding of the world that – that has room for mystery is so important yeah. to me. So what about Jesus? Do you feel anything? I think he was really cool. Like that's like where I'm at now. Where I'm like, that guy's cool. Yeah. It's just a lot of, it just, I like, I like that they have those books that are only that's what I read. That. To, I have yeah. that. Do you have that? It's called Jesus says, yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I think that's so great. Yeah. Cause it, everything gets so muddied. And I think I am still dealing with a lot of like, I guess guess some of it's anger, like with the way I was brought up and and Mm -hmm. certain things that have have I felt sort of messed me up in certain ways Mm -hmm. that I am still working through, but I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel like, and I talk, liberation. Yeah. When I, and when I had that conversation with my dad where I was just like, I don't believe this. He was like, well, now I can't share this with you. You're going to be like judging my beliefs if I try to share them with you. And this is a huge part of my life. And I was like, no, I'm not like. Here's the thing. You're saying I'm wrong for not believing what you're believing, but I'm not saying you're wrong for what you believe. Like, you could be right. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know. And I'm saying what you're wrong about is the fact that you're sure that you're right. Oh, God. Like that's This gonna- is your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I leave. <laughs> can I keep it's, Katie? You can have Katie okay, and her sombrero. What if we looked over <laughs> and she was wearing a sombrero? <laughs> that is just so right on. I love it so much. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. But yeah. we'll see. I don't know. But you're already doing this, but it's like those feelings that I think you and I were felt, like the anger or the uncertainty or whatever, are the teacher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't mean the teacher that brings us back into the sweaters. Right. I just mean it's the thing. Ramdas talks about the, the, the lesson that you need next is right where you are. So it's mm. like work with this, as opposed to what we spent most of our youths doing, which was like, oh, these don't compute my doubt and my anger or my frustration or whatever it might be doesn't 
fit into what I've been told I'm supposed to be. It is what's supposed to be. It's what you're working with and work with it instead of using all this energy to push it aside, whether it be your fear of death or your doubt. Like just work with that. Uh, You already seem free. I'm not even trying to. (laughs) I can't free you. You're freeing me. (laughs) Well, that's great. Wonderful stuff. I do want to give you love wins. That would be a mitzvah for me. That would I think be great. You'd, you'd love it. I would it. love that. You know why? Be, if it does for you what it did for me, is there, let's speak psychologically again, for better or worse, these ideas got into us when we were young. And there's something about a beautiful spiritual teacher like Rob who can take that vocabulary and show you that we lost the narrative that like it just got turned into us versus them. Mm. It turned into a it turned into certainty worship. Mm. We wanted to be in, and if we're in, that means others are out. And even in the other sects of Christianity, we're like we're in there and they're out. And it, and it's just so fucking off. One of the things that Rob says about Jesus, he's like, if Jesus came back and saw that we had made a religion about him, I, he'd be appalled. Right. Just not what he's about. It's not what he was doing. So anyway, when you can read some of these people like Richard Rohr or Rob Bell that sort of use those stories and that on those texts to kind of show you that what you're feeling in your heart and what intuitively resonates with you does actually apply to some of the things that uh, Jesus was saying— it heals you in a way. I don't know why. Like you want to go back and go like, I rescued it. And then you yeah. actually can. For me, it's not easy, but it helps me build a bridge to some of the people that let's say your dad's in third grade. It's not, it's not better or worse. And just to mix it up, you're in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so it doesn't sound better. We can have compassion for someone. He's just in that class. Yeah. And we can understand, find that common ground when we, when we look at some of these books. Oh yeah. And I, I think, think i'm pretty empathetic to where they're at i get mad sometimes but it's more from a place of like oh man why can't you just accept me like we've been talking about but i i even told him i was like i get why you don't want me to live with my boyfriend i get why you don't want me to have sex before marriage it's not because you're like you know mad at me or whatever it's because you love me and you think that's the best way yeah and you really believe that's going to hurt me i'm telling you it's it's not and it was hurting me more yeah. to try the other way but i know that it's coming from a good place this is your podcast like i just <laughs> <laughs> i have to go i don't know what's going on <laughs> well because I, I don't want it to sound like i just was like i i didn't have some big like fuck you dad like yeah, no, i, I know that obviously yeah i was just like i really i want us to be close and i want to keep you like the whole the show that we we developed for abc that didn't go obviously but the whole thing was about my family and like living with my sisters and trying to like figure out who we were as a unit because i think me and my sisters are super close and we've like kind of almost built a fort where we love each other unconditionally mm. and then we like get together and we tell campfire stories that's about, what siblings are for that's exactly what they're for yeah. and then you know you go home for thanksgiving and you kind of have all had the conversations already so anything they say you just go okay well we've already worked through that together that's right and there it again it's coming from a good place you're the justice league yes good yeah, yeah. For you. <laughs> that's so great no you know it's like when i stopped eating meat you can't go back to people and be mad at them for eating meat especially when you consider that you ate meat for 33 years yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't judge you. Yeah. Just as like when I lost my faith and I was uh, an atheist briefly, I started judging Christians. What are you doing? That was you. Yeah. So this unconditional love that we're looking for, we have to give it away too. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you are. I have nothing to tell you. 
I do yes. have some books. Falling Upward, Shameless, and Love Wins are essential. And I'll, I'll give you the ones that I have. Yeah, I'm going to get Shameless like in my car it's, when I leave. It's really good. And she's going to do the podcast, and I'm super stoked. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Well, we got heavy. <laughs> Was and this too heavy? Was this not no. funny enough? Okay. Have you just listened to this? Show? I have. I'm just making sure. Maybe. We stopped trying to be funny back <laughs> with the Ike Barinholtz. Has Ike done the show? How has Ike Barinholtz not done the show? He hasn't. That son of a bitch. <laughs> we stopped being funny. Just name some other name. At the John Hamm episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was wonderful, is what I'm saying. But we do, to lighten it, sometimes I say, can you think of a time that you laughed really, really hard in your life? Oh, you know, yeah, I can. Well, my boyfriend and I just finished The Sopranos. Oh. And I know, a little late. No, uh, not, that's great. But Val hasn't seen it. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. But it's like, it's also real, it's so dark. Like by the end of it, we watched like the last four episodes in one night because we're like, we got to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just so done. But there was a scene, uh, in the last season where AJ AJ's hair his son was like too long you've seen it yeah right? yeah where his son do you remember when his hair is too long in the hospital and Polly just goes come on Van Helsing Hilarious. and my boyfriend laughed harder than I've ever seen him laugh that is good because he's like it's just so perfect and I started laughing hysterically just watching him, him laugh, laugh. And it was so much fun. Ugh. Like, couldn't breathe, like, crying. So, so great. Oh, God. Is it? It holds up? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It really holds up. I hate up. the scene. No spoiler, but the scene where there's, like, a parking dispute. No, a guy and his girlfriend are fighting and someone gets involved. And then he, like... Oh, yeah. At- attacks the guy. I I'm mean, like, there's so many like I that. I hate things that make me feel like the world isn't safe. I know it isn't. I couldn't watch it again. That that's the one that when I go, oh, I'll watch The Sopranos again. I literally think of that and I just go, I don't need to put that on the pile of sunshine that is Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's so much. It Yeah. That shows the antithesis of your wife, I think, probably like just the no, she's friends. If you <laughs> she's the show if friends. you put her on one side of a seesaw and Sopranos on the other, it would be perfectly equal. <laughs> and that's where I put my sandwich with the plate <laughs> right in the middle. There's the callback. What if I wouldn't end until there's a callback? <laughs> Oh, God. Usually this is a 30-minute <laughs> podcast. I just couldn't find a callback. What what's Pete Holmes like now? He's still a professional, let me tell you. He is a comedian first and, uh, quite frankly, a good host second. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. I Actually, when I watched Chris Rock's special and it ends with a callback, I was like, we didn't, he didn't have to do that. I think Chris yeah. is great. But yeah. I remember being like, I wonder if he thought he had to do that. Oh, you think? I don't know why. Like, it seemed like... Yeah. What what you're kind of teasing, the idea that I'm like, I can't close until there's a callback. It seemed like I, I wanted to be like, Chris, it was so good. You could have just said thank you. But he, he kind of oh, worked yeah. in a callback to be like, and that's how you end a special. <laughs> I'm like, you, you could have ended at any moment. It's really a compliment to him. Yeah. It was just something that I thought about. Chris Rock, please do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch, Um, I mean, I'm sure you have. Do you watch Ray Romano's special? I didn't watch it. Val, Val watched it. I, I haven't seen it, though. It's really, really good. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. I was in New York running my Tonight Show set. Like I think the few nights that he was running it, or like, oh, wow. and I remember because I had to follow him both nights, and they were like, they were like, yeah, he's like filming something for his special, and I was like, oh, like B roll, like in the beginning, like him working yeah. stuff out, and so when I saw the special, and it's just him at the you cellar. Mean there wasn't like a dolly or anything set up; it was just handheld cameras. Uh, there was the night I was there. I I couldn't get in to see, so I don't know exactly. Oh. And I don't think they filmed it the nights I was there. Oh, I think I he was running it because oh, he did okay. half an hour okay. when I was there. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I, I, they had, they had something in there. But I remember someone said like, "Oh, he's running stuff for." But it school. wasn't set. I wonder if it was set up in such a way that the audience knew they were filming, and it, I couldn't tell it. Yeah. I mean, because there's no need. Yeah. You could do it discreetly. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I mean, the that's cellar so small. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how they. Well, how they did it, but they may have just been like, we're just doing it. Because he says in it, he's like, we're filming my special right, right. now. This is it. That must be what he did, which yeah. is brilliant because the biggest thing you're fighting when, I, when I've when i taped specials is like the feeling of expectation mm. that it's the special. Like the audience is nervous right. too. Yeah. That's, I think I did a riff about, I think I made the cut where I was like, I know you guys are nervous as well. <laughs> and there's just, it's just not normal. Comedy club is such a, like a safe little cocoon. Everybody's going to laugh. And now they're on the record. You know what I mean? They could right. laugh at some fucked up shit and look weird too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody needs to be put at ease and that's a great way to do it. I'll yeah. definitely check it out. Uh, well, your podcast is called Self Helpless. Self Helpless. Yep. And you're touring and they can go to? Ttomcomedy.com. Ttomcomedy.com. Ttom comedy. Whoever has TaylorTomlinson.com will not part with it. It's a truck company. Really? It redirects to like Tomlinson Motors and they will not give it up. They wouldn't even let me buy it. Those bastards. Yeah. Have your dad pray on it. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank Obviously, you. I enjoyed it. What a delight. Uh, would you say keep it crispy? Sure, I'd be honored. Keep it crispy, everybody. You keep it crispy. so crispy. My